wrestling fans and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. For the next 2 hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe and much much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wrestle Talk Podcast, right here on all the great forums of social media, as well as www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. As you're well aware, I am. Luke Roberts, the man behind the screen here this evening. It's going to be a great night of professional wrestling discussion. We're also going to have a great guest coming on in about 45 minutes. We're going to be joined by Will Allday right here on the program. And a man I had the opportunity to meet as part of the Cauliflower Alley Club experience just a few short days ago in Las Vegas. It's going to be a great show tonight. And of course, as always, I would be remiss if I didn't introduce to you the man behind a lot of what goes on here at the Wrestle Talk podcast each and every week. You also can see him inside the ring at Dynamo Pro Wrestling. He is the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, let's welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast, Big Sexy himself, Chris Rodell. Chris, how in the world are you doing this evening, sir? Oh, my brother, I am doing absolutely beautiful. I hope everything is going well for you. We're, we got another week down in the books. It's been a big wrestling weekend. <clears throat> It's going to get even bigger. So we and we got a lot to talk about today. Great guests, of course. We'll have our you know we'll have our great guest and our our segments. Big Daddy P, get those snippets prayers of truth. Got to have it. Got to have the snippets of truth. And we also got the FWWC segment. So I mean, you know something, Chris. We're going to have a lot of people stopping by tonight. We're going. You're never going to know who's going to pop into the Russell Talk podcast. As a matter of fact, sitting here right now, we got Aaron Lawrence joining us here. Give a shout out to Aaron joining us here tonight met, on the program. Met, met him, I believe, at the uh, Ride on the River show recently. So awesome, awesome! And again, we have the Ride on the River has been taken care of. We're going to be looking forward to Dynamo Pro Wrestling in just a few weeks. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in the world of pro wrestling, both at the local, national, and international levels. Again, if you want to. Uh, share your content, share your messages, share your questions here on the Russell Talk Podcast. Make it a point that you send them here in the message. We've got Aaron Wallace joining us in the house tonight as well. Uh, make it a point to send us your questions here as well. And I'm going to tell you right now something. I'm going to kind of skip back to last week's episode, and I'm going to tell you right now, Aaron Wallace had a little bit of a scoop last week. And that was the idea. He felt that Cayman was going to walk out of the MMWA this past weekend as the brand new MMWA champion. And again, lightning struck twice. Cayman wins the MMWA championship. But I got to say, Chris, and, and you had the opportunity to hear about some of the things going on at MMWA this past weekend. Cayman may have won the battle, but some he people did, he say did, he lost he, the war. He didn't. He did not win the war uh, at the end of the mat after uh, Benjamin Truss was placed in the uh, coffin. Um, he was attacked by the Apex Blake Steel, and there was also a... Uh, 
um, a masked man. We don't know who it was. He was in a mask, and they jumped him. And Damian Blade and Ricky Cruz came out and basically left the Brotherhood land. So you know, I, heard I, too, Chris, I heard the idea that they actually took it a step farther and took the masks of both Damian yes, Blade and Cayman. That's something I got to tell you. That takes some guts. It genuinely 100% takes some guts. I've known Damian Blade and I've known Cayman for a long time and scared of both men for quite a while. Can't, can't. But if you're going to take the masks off those two gentlemen – you know you're not messing around. You want to make a statement. And I'm going to tell you right now. I, I understand Blake Steele. I don't know what the deal is with Benjamin Trust, but I'm going to tell you right now. These guys definitely have picked a big fight with the brotherhood. And I know you're scared. I know Cayman scares you because you've you've ran from him several times as he comes out to the ring. I don't know if you're more scared of him or if you're more scared of, scared of Abigail. So I'm scared of the whole group. I mean, if you look at it this way, Damian Blade... I mean, I think he carries, what, a barbed wire bat of some sort to the ring. You got Cayman, who's basically living in coffins. You got Ricky Cruz, who could kick my head clean off my shoulders. I mean, right then and there, that's enough. But, you know, it's one of those deals here of where I don't know if I would have picked that fight with the Brotherhood. But, I'm again, only time's going to tell. What's going on there? You know, Chris, we got a lot. And, of and I, I will say that I've been following. Damian Blade has already said he's he's willing, he's ready to put somebody on his kill floor. Okay, now I'm even more scared than I already was. But you know something, Chris? It yeah. wasn't it wasn't you as the mask guy, was that, it? No, no, no. I was very happily comfy in in my offices here, at Dynamo Pro. And I, I, and Aaron, I, I, I got to say, I echo Aaron sentiment hundred percent here. But you know something, Chris, before we get too much farther along, we need to go ahead, not only thank our great viewers that watch the program each and every week, but we also need to make it a point to acknowledge our great sponsors of the WrestleTalk podcast that allow us to bring this program to you each and every week. We have Royal Mills Transportation. If you're in the KC area, check them out, a great transportation service. Rathbun Engraving, you saw it at the top of the show, the WrestleTalk podcast mugs are available, $20 each. Nobleman Barber's Lounge, Kansas City. Great hair styling place in the Kansas City area. Kincaid, Kincaid, or sorry, Kincaid Arcade at the Oak Park Mall. Our good friends over at Interstate 70 Sports Media, Little Popeye Designs. They're behind those great Russell Talk podcast tumblers. And of course, the fan the world's premier fantasy wrestling group, the FWWC, which we're going to be hearing a little bit more from here <laughs> in a, a little over an hour's time. Chris, I gotta tell you right now. Tonight's going to be a great show. I mean, we're going to have Will all day here. We're going to have Big Daddy P. We're going to have the FWWC. we got a couple little more surprises here tonight. But you know something, Chris? We have one thing we got to do before we can get too much farther along. We do it each and every week. And I know for a fact everybody looks forward to it. I do each and every week. And again, shout out to Christopher Miles joining us here on the Wrestle Talk podcast this evening. As we've got everything taken care of, we're going to go ahead and take care of one more little piece of business. Before we get tonight's episode started, we ask that you all please remove your hats if you're wearing them. Please place your hands over your heart. Chris has got our flag ready. And please uh, help us in paying homage to the greatest country in the world.
Are those your dogs barking? Chris, I don't know what's going on here. It's been a crazy night. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead real quick as I take care of a few technical issues here. Basically, I need to make it a point to get things ready to go for the high spot segment. Chris, can you go ahead real quick and uh, bring us into the high spot segment? I know I always usually take care of that every week. But can you go ahead and uh, bring us into the high spot segment here this evening? Yeah, absolutely. We got a lot to talk about here this tonight. We got a lot of great uh, um, action to talk about, all kinds of great stuff. I got to find it here. There it is. <laughs> everything's everything's listed, and I got to find the name of it. So uh, we're going to get into our high spots, where we're going to talk a little bit of it, a little bit about a lot of things. So here we go. My check, my check. Yeah. gentlemen that was of course dj money bringing us into the high spot segment as he does each and every tuesday night and also as a reminder too i just got a message from dj money he's been getting ready to put some new music out there but also if you need any graphic design work make it a point to check out our good friend dj money he's putting a lot of new graphics together he's got a lot of hot specials for 2023 make it a point to check him out online you get a lot of great information i've seen some of the designs i've seen some of the mock-ups he's already had orders for chris and i'm going to tell you the man's good <clears throat> pardon me behind the microphone He's good inside the squared circle, and he's behind, good behind a computer screen. DJ Money, a man of all trades, and again, a strong supporter and a great friend of the Russell Talk podcast. Hey, Chris. You're taking a page from my book this evening. God darn it. I muted myself on accident. <laughs> <laughs> But no, his music just gets you hype. It's just we're, we're, we're ready to go now. We're, we are ready to go. So You know, it's not going to be covering covering any kind of trademark things, but it gets you hyped and, it, and you stay hyped. That's what it is right here on the Russell okay, Talk. Okay, Mojo Raleigh, we don't need any of that. <laughs> so, well, well, ladies and gentlemen here, uh, we're going to go ahead and I'm just going to let you know right now in just a couple minutes, we're going to be joined here. Whoa. Don't, sorry. All changing here, Chris. Sorry, that's my fault. I, I accidentally hit the wrong button. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we got a lot to talk about. I'm just going to put it out there right now. The first one is the one that probably everybody in the world has been talking about, and that is the return of Bray Wyatt. And, and we've got it all right here and ready to go. Bray Wyatt made his return on Sunday at Extreme Rules. What are your expectations? Does he form a stable? If so, who... I got to tell you right now, and I'm just going to call it out there right now, Chris. When you look at as you look at Extreme Rules, there were a lot of great matches there. I mean, Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan did not disappoint. The women's ladder match didn't disappoint. The fight pit was awesome. Uh, you made reference earlier in a conversation we had earlier in the week 
about the Brawling Brutes and Imperium. Um, Bang- what, 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 and McIntyre. To quote Seamus, I guess you would say banger after banger after banger after banger. That very well could be. Now, here's the deal. First thing I'm going to say is simple. Bray Wyatt. My expectations were right about here. Bray Wyatt was here. (laughs) I mean, his return was nothing short. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think, and this is going to probably get me some flack from the WrestleTalk podcast family. But it seems like lately I've kind of been that way. Of course, I think that Bray Wyatt's entrance this past Sunday eclipses the Undertaker. It was it was good. I mean, I mean, it was. You kind of kind of expected it to come out, but then the way they presented it with all the characters of the Funhouse, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if those are going to be if those are going to be characters in everyday. Uh, WWE and people are already speculating. They're calling them the Wyndham Six or the Wyatt Six. Sorry, the Wyatt Six. Um, And they were all trying to figure out who was each under each of those hoods. Or you know, there's been talk that Joe Gacy and Alexa Bliss or even Liv Morgan with that demonic smile she had after the uh, at the end of the uh, at the end of the match with Ronda Rousey. So I mean, I don't know who would you want to be teamed with Ray Wyatt. Well, you know, kind of what I was looking at here, and, and and again, our good friend Drew Chandler has kind of been thinking on on point here with me. Uh, can you go ahead and throw that one up here, Chris? Because I, I want to kind of take a minute here and kind of agree to disagree with, with our good friend Drew. He doesn't want him to form a stable. A lot of people don't want him to because he's a, he's a strong entity unto himself. Liv Morgan, yes, I could see that. The smile on her face as she was basically passing out to Ronda Rousey. That just that just screams something to me. Grayson Waller, no. I, I I don't think that I think Grayson Waller is a personality on himself. He's gonna grow on us like a fungus, or he's gonna <laughs> grow on us like the Miz. And I think that's the latter instead of the former. Apollo is another one where I really don't see a connection at this point. But it's just one of those things where, to me, I think Liv Morgan's one. One that I keep hearing rumblings about, which I think would be very interesting, Bo Dallas. I have heard the return of Bo Dallas as well, yes. I've heard that. Um, I could see Joe Gacy and and the Dyad, or what is it, the Schism they're calling themselves? Yeah, whatever. I I, I could see that as well. Um, I just don't... I don't buy Grayson Waller in that in that group. I, I, I don't either. Another one you got to look at, too, is the idea of, and I'm going to kind of shift gears here a little bit. I found it very touching, and a lot of people were talking about it very, uh, very, very um, interesting. But if you look at, I believe it was, I believe it was Sister Abigail. Instead of being the doll-like character, if you notice, there was, a, it looked like a, an, a, an animal skull, and a lot of people have made very good posts on social media about it that it looked like the mask of the late great Brody Lee, Luke Harper, uh, whatever you knew him as inside the professional wrestling ring. I got to tell you, to me, I think right now just being in awe of Bray Wyatt is is enough in itself. Are we going to see this evolve? Yes, I do. And, and I think it's going to be one of those that whoever is associated with Bray Wyatt is going to be in the main event picture. It doesn't matter 
who it is. I think if you're associated with Bray Wyatt, you're going to be on that main that main level. Chris, I'm going to go ahead and actually tell you what. If I'm not mistaken here, uh, we're going to go ahead here in just a minute. We had a discussion, and we and we brought a question up. And uh, there's a longtime friend of the show who's here right now. And Chris, if you go ahead and bring up our first special guest here on High Spots, uh, which, men- which one are we talking about? Make sure because I only I only have one other person backstage. Okay. Uh, well, tell you what, we'll go ahead. I thought that the, our first guest was going to be sent the message. Um, but I guess it hasn't been yet, and that's okay. But what we're going to do here is, as you know, the Russell Talk podcast is all about bringing new points of view, new avenues of the world of professional wrestling. And uh, this past week, the Russell Talk podcast had an opportunity to bring uh, a man that you and I both know very well, a man who's been around the St. Louis professional wrestling scene for a number of years. And now we're going to have the opportunity. Uh, this man is going to kind of almost become our, I, I, I dare say, our West Coast correspondent. Because he's got an opportunity now to see a lot more of the professional wrestling promotions out on the Western Coast of the United States. He's already been in contact with several of them, trying to bring more guests onto the Russell Talk podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and bring on our new correspondent, uh, Justin Wade. Justin, first of all, welcome to the program. I mean, I know you followed us for quite a while. Uh, I want to welcome you to the program, and I'm just going to throw you right in here. You saw very well, we had our discussion off air about Bray yeah. Wyatt and yes. his return at Extreme Rules. What are your thoughts about Bray Wyatt returning to the WWE? I think they should play it slow. Uh, I don't think he should form a stable. I think uh, they got a nice thing going, uh, keep him distance from Roman. And then at the uh, right time and right, uh, right day, start to infiltrate uh, that, uh, that, uh, that family that Roman's got coming around that has them hanging around and uh, piece by piece, tear it down to where, you know, they have their final uh, meeting at some point at uh, mania. I, I like that idea. My, my question to you is this, and I look at it this way. When you have the bloodline and you have the potential for the Wyatt family, the Wyatt six, whatever you're going to call them. If you were going to dissect the bloodline, who would be the first to go after? Oh, the first to go after looks like, uh, I'm bad with the names. Is it Jay Uso who's having issues right now with Sami Zayn? Yes. Uh, yes, I I think he would be the first to go after because he he looks like uh, he gets the most, uh, he gets the most agitated the quickest. So I'd start with him, then uh, Jimmy. Uh, well, no, I scratch that. Go with the youngest one. I can't pronounce his name. Uh, he's uh, uh, Solo Tokoa. Solo, yeah, he's got a uh, a man. They pick him off first, then the Usos, then Sammy if he's still involved. I believe that's going to come to head at Survivor Series, and I because I believe the uh, the family, the uh, the bloodline, they're going to be, and I believe they're going to be involved in war games of some sort. That's my that's my view. So, well, well I got to tell you right now, and I know you weren't didn't have an opportunity to listen to the program last week. I am really starting to get behind the honorary ooze, and I'll tell you right now, I watch bet you are. Off, watch it, watch yeah. it off. The Sami Zayn has really started to deliver on Monday Night Raw, and he's delivered <laughs> on SmackDown. And I'm going to tell you, even though some people may think he's a little bit out there, he's delivering. He's going out there. 
Uh, I think, honestly, Jey Uso should have helped him a little more in his match with Riddle, but it is what it is, and we'll probably see more about it on SmackDown. Now, Chris, we're going to go ahead and throw this to you. Sami Zayn's the best thing going right now. I don't I don't care what anyone yes. has to say. Sami Zayn is one of the most entertaining characters in the WWE right now. Um, that man, he he can be thrown into anything and make make it gold. I mean, his 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 whole thing with this bloodline has been like absolutely just over the top. Just it doesn't get any better than that. And it's well, gonna be so great when he turns on when he either turns on the bloodline or the bloodline turns on him. Well, you know something, Chris, and I'm gonna look at it this way. And Justin, you very well may be able to to chime in here as well. To me, I look at it right now. I don't see Sami Zayn necessarily changing his pathway yet. And here's why. He had a golden opportunity with Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, everybody knows Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are like this. And if Kevin Owens can't get him to leave the bloodline or to make changes in his mindset from the bloodline, nobody's going to make him change his mindset. It's going to take, to me, I think it's going to take the bloodline disbanding before Sami Zayn is out on his own in the foreseeable future. Justin, what do you think? Well, you could you could be right, but you know, you say disbanding. Sami Zayn could be the reason why they disband. Uh, you know, the titles could start being uh, dropped. You know, we don't know how they're going to take it off of Roman. It's going to be a very interesting uh, scenario when that time comes. Uh, with you know, I don't believe they're going to you know Sami's going to take that belt, but I think he might be involved in him uh, being a reason why it's you know Roman drops it or the Usos lose the tag. Well, I, I could agree with you. Now, you know something? I told you we were going to bring lots of special guests tonight. And, you know, we're going to have Will all day on the program in about 20 minutes. But you know something, Chris? Pump, pump the brakes. Got... He, he, just got, he just got it. So Okay, that's fine. Second. i got to give him a I formal you... introduction. i, I got to give him the formal introduction because, you know, this man is going to be coming on the program. And if you want to bring him on screen, Chris, I want to see his reaction to my introduction here. He just came, he just popped on, so. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be joined here by our good friend. Some of you know him as Pinky. Others of you know him as Drew Chandler. A man who has a lot of the same mindset as I do. It's like we almost, even though we're in different parts of the world, we think alike, even though he is corresponding to us from the snow-capped mountains of Topeka, Kansas. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, we're God, that's that's scary that you two think alike. That is true, but I mean, again, they always say that what's the what's the old adage? Great minds think alike. No, now, Drew, no. you put the comment up here earlier about uh, Bray Wyatt, and I'm just going to give you the floor here, real quick. What are your thoughts about Bray Wyatt returning to WWE? And as you you mentioned a couple here, do you see more on the horizon for the Wyatt family, or as we talked, maybe the Wyatt Six? Yeah, for sure. Hey, first of all, I want to thank you guys, Big Sexy. I want to thank you, Luke Roberts and Justin, all y'all for being here and for allowing me to come on and just uh, hang out with you guys and have a good time. I tune into the Wrestle Talk podcast almost every single Tuesday, and I love it. I appreciate all that you guys do for the business and for the independent wrestlers that you bring on and all that good stuff. So shout out to you guys. Um, yes, Bray Wyatt returned. I am so stoked. Bray Wyatt has always been one of my favorites, even back when he was even back when he was Husky Harris. Uh, I really enjoyed watching him, and even knowing back then that he was the you know the son of IRS was always really cool to me. My dad always grew up watching IRS. Me being able to you know see his see IRS's son work through his years, you know, go from Husky Harris to everything that he's evolved into is just so awesome. And so obviously the, 
the return was fantastic. Like, I don't know if that could have been done any better. Um, I think the way that WWE produces some of their television is like untouchable, like unmatched, um, not just in the wrestling business, but I think in <coughs> television business. The, the, Q, the, Q, the QR codes every week were just probably one of the best like marketing that you could do that you could do. Absolutely. And you know, because, something that's, yeah, because, because everyone was like trying to decipher what every single QR code meant, you know, I mean, and there was so much talk about it. So it, it's yeah. great marketing. Absolutely. And something that I think is really cool about that too, is that really catered to the internet wrestling, um, which is not something that WWE has done. I'm sorry. You can see the light in the background, which is not <laughs> something that WWE has always done over the years. Um, and so obviously like my dad, who is not a internet wrestling fan, he's just the one who watches week by week. The first time that he noticed a QR code was the SmackDown before extreme rules when it was on the microphone that triple H was using in the ring. Yes. That was the first time he ever even knew about the QR code. So when Bray Wyatt showed up on Sunday or on Saturday, obviously it's out of the blue for him. So the QR codes and even the follow the white rabbit stuff, it really catered to a specific fan base that WWE has not always catered to. And I thought that was just incredible. Um, as far as my comment about the stable mates, I would really prefer if Bray didn't do a stable. Um, it, I think I'm going to have to see it play out a little bit more as, as to kind of the direction that they're going to go. But I've always preferred Bray Wyatt as a solo act, now, obviously with Eric Rowan and with the Wyatt family and with Luke Harper, that was, you know, that was, that was wonderful. But, but anytime Bray Wyatt was by himself, I always appreciated that because I know that he can carry the things that he does kind of by himself very easily. But uh, if they're going to do a stable, I think they probably are because they've been doing the Wyndham six or the Wyatt six. It's been a thing for a while. Um, Liv Morgan obviously would be a great fit. I think people have, uh, people for a long time have even said that Liv Morgan maybe should have been in that Alexa Bliss spot that Alexa was in when she was with the Fiend and with Bray. Um, so, and obviously with the you know with the passing out and smiling, um, that kind of. At first, I was like, "What in the world? Why is she smiling?" Um, thinking maybe it was just some type of, you know, something that maybe the camera wasn't supposed to catch. Um, maybe catching her having a good time, being in the ring, you know, whatever. <laughs> but then when the announcers brought it up that she was smiling, I was like, oh, this is going to be a part of the story somehow. Because um, the announcers made mention of it and didn't mention it just once. They kept talking about it. Um, and so I think that's going to be, I think that's going to play into the Bray thing somehow. Um, I think that um, my comment about Grayson Waller and Apollo, um, that was because the other week on NXT, um, Apollo and Grayson Waller have been kind of feuding. Apollo pulled Grayson Waller under the ring. Um, and when he pulled him under the ring, when Grayson Waller came out, he was like bleeding from the eyes. His eyes were bleeding out. Didn't because didn't the week prior, if I remember right, Grayson Waller made Apollo uh bleed from the eye? Is that what is that what the yes. whole anticipated? Yes. Okay, I don't follow NXT very closely, but I do know that both of those things happened. Um, and so that's just to me kind of out of the blue and kind of out of the ordinary and so i'm wondering and also uh was it waylon the buzzard or whichever whichever mercy, uh, the buzzard. mercy the buzzard that's right um kind of an uncanny resemblance to grayson waller if you look at the backstage photo that they took right um, and 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 everyone was talking about the pig i get huskus i believe the pig yes, the pig. yes. Uh, was, look kind of looked like joe gacy um and i'm telling you the the person wearing the fiend mask 
you could tell they weren't African American because you could see their you could see their wrists through right. when, they were, when they were putting their hands on the barricade. So there, there um, are people speculating that the the the, but, fe- the person under the fee mask was actually Bo Dallas. So it's very possible. But I think it's all interesting. I think this has opened up a whole new level of interest. And I think this will bring in interest even from non-wrestling fans. I think this will bring in interest from maybe even just horror movie fans or, you know, fans of that genre of, of television. Um, because I, I think what they did with his return was incredible. I think they're just going to keep building on it. Um, and I think this is really going to turn into something awesome. As far as like a feud with the bloodline, you know, I don't. that could definitely be something that they do. Um, I think that would be very entertaining. Uh Depending on how they build up to it, I don't know how you have either of them lose <laughs> at this right. point. Um, and for me to be okay with it, it would take a lot. But uh, I mean, that, that's that's a discussion that everyone's having. Is like, how are you? Because they're like, they want to split the belts, but they don't want Roman Reigns to lose a match before WrestleMania. So I'm like, I don't know how you you can't square that circle. I don't think. I mean, I mean, I wow. guess he, I well, he they don't want him to take a pin in a the match. They I should say. Right. Well, they could always they could always strip him somehow. He could do something to get stripped heard, of the belt. I actually heard I, I I shouldn't get any wrestling information from TikTok. I parent <laughs> I apologize. I've I've I'm forty five year forty six years old, and TikTok has ruined my life because now I just go around yelling TikTok trend, trends. But but I heard something where it's like maybe Roman could put the title up in the Royal Rumble and uh, get eliminated that way, and. Uh, have a new have two champions and have the rock come back as a surprise and so i mean but there's another there's another thing that main street that i want to talk that we can talk about with mainstream wrestling fans that happened last night on monday night raw uh we're brock lesnar coming back what's everybody's thoughts on wwe's running on full power full steam full cylinders bringing brock back he's he's Pretty much what Andre was to Vince back in the early '80s, and we, we had the, we had this discussion in another group chat I'm in about how Brock Lesnar doesn't bring anything to the WWE. I'm like, well, one, yeah, it kind of does. He brings the he brings the I think he brings I think he brings in mainstream fans. I'm not or uh, casual fans, but here's the thing: we know they're going over to Saudi Arabia, and we know that the the princes over there they like the big names, so. It's crown jewel season, so yes, Brock is going to be there. Brock and Bobby has been a match that's been talked about forever. Yes, ever. They had so, it at the Rumble. They had, but that was that match. I wasn't pleased with that match because of the interference. I mean, that's just I, I don't I don't know what what's what's your thoughts, Drew? Um, you know, I'm always hyped for a Brock Lesnar return. I I've always kind of been a Brock Lesnar person. I think he is a draw. Uh, I think he kind of brings in a section of the fan base that loves to just watch big dudes beat the crap out of each other, um, which is uh, not something that a lot of wrestling fans necessarily engage with anymore. Because a lot of the people nowadays like the high spots and the flippity floppity and the you know <laughs> and all that good stuff. Which is, I think, there's a section of wrestling fan that that really caters to, and I like some of that stuff too. I like the Will Ospreys and Ricochets and Young Bucks of the world too. In their own special ways, um, but but, you, but, but, but as but as Biggie Biggie always says, big beefy men slapping meat. So yes, I mean, always there for it. Brock Lesnar, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's given like you can tell by the reaction that Brock Lesnar still gets to this day. 
just by popping up. I'm just glad he's um, not going after Roman Reigns again because I think that match yeah. is that match has been played out. So yes. no, 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 no. That, 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 Rob, we can't hear you. Rob, you're muted. Hold on, I can I can probably. Oh hear. my god, he doesn't even know. He's very into it, but we can't hear him. He is so <laughs> charismatic. Whatever he said, he meant it. <laughs> Rob, you're mu- you're muted. Well, you know, it's one of those. It just happens to go. It's <laughs> my own screen. I'm doing great tonight. But you know something? We've got to have. We've already had the backhoe. We've already had forklifts. And then I happen to be talking to our first guest, who's going to be joining us here in about ten to fifteen minutes. And I'm getting confused. I'm thinking you're talking about flying around the ring and you're talking about Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Maybe the being on mute was a good thing. So I'd kind of recompose my thoughts. I'm looking forward to this. And the reason why is simple. We know Brock Lesnar's reputation. We know Bobby Lashley's reputation. Brock Lesnar, with his style, always managed to get to the next level. And I'm sorry to say this. I don't think Bobby Lashley has been able to get to that next level. No. And I think right now, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar is going to be a way that it's going to give kind of that last chance to Bobby Lashley to go to the next level. And I'm going to tell you right now, to me, Bobby Lashley has been delivering on Monday Night Raw. And I'm I agree. right I, now, I think I, it's going to be a good thing for I, I, Bobby Lashley. I agree. And I like the way they got the – because there's no way that Brock Lesnar is going to go for the U, the United States title. Up. So getting the title – Whoa, 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 whoa. Get, Time out here, friend. We know for a fact. Could you imagine what it would be like if you had Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley fighting for the second championship? Think mm, about that a minute. That's just Two of them going at it. Whoever's the heavyweight champion's got to be nervous because you got two monsters of men, and you have and you still haven't put Braun Strowman into the mix. <laughs> You've got three guys he that wasn't all on Raw last night. World champions. Raw's gonna be a smack, or I think Braun's gonna be a smack. And I just read a report before coming on before coming on that Bray is gonna be a SmackDown competitor. So, he, and SmackDown's coming to St. Louis on October the twenty eighth. So, I mean, make sure you, you get your tickets. Get your tickets. Get those tickets. Let's see the night owls. Listen to us. Let's look at what's here. He says here Brock is always a plus. He has presence few others have. He also brings heavy machinery to the ring. I'll just leave it at that. So <laughs> I, I thought they – never mind. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead, gentlemen. Let's switch gears here. Let's go from – and this is going to be a pretty wide-open discussion. We may have to carry this on to after our first guest. Let's jump into the world of AEW here a minute. A lot of people have been talking about FTR. They're AAA champions. They're Ring of Honor champions. They're um, – New Japan Tag Team Champions. What do they do next? There's a lot of different avenues the F, that FTR can go. And, gentlemen, I just want to ask your opinion. Where do they go next? Uh, Drew, let's go ahead and get your thoughts. What is next for FTR? Man, um, it's like it's almost like at this point they've done pretty much all that, the, all that there is to do. Like, what is left for them to do that they haven't done? Um, and so... FTR, obviously, I'm a big fan. I, I'm a I'm a big fan of men who look like wrestlers <laughs> doing wrestling matches that look like wrestling matches, 
in a wrestling ring in front of a wrestling audience, which is what we get with FTR and AEW. Um, but I almost feel like FTR has kind of reached their like the lid of what they can of where they can go with AEW. Um, you know, because they've been the champion. Right now, they're what they hold three or four different championships. They hold the um, ring of the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships, the AAA Tag Team Championships, and the New Japan, New Japan. Ta- New Japan Tag right. Team Championships. And so, obviously, with all of that, you know, they've they've left WWE and they've accomplished a lot outside of WWE. I think at this point, I don't know when their contracts are up. I obviously don't know any of their negotiations, but I would like to see FTR back in WWE. Um, I think they could have. Uh, they're they're even better now than they were when they left WWE. They I think they've learned a lot and they've come a long way, even being on the independence and being in AEW and going to Japan and going to Mexico and all that. Um, I I think if they came back and went back to WWE, that would just uh, that that would just open up even more possibilities for them. Um, I don't want to think about them right. as like singles competitors. I don't want them to get to the point where they like break up or something because they've done all they can do. Let's try singles runs. I don't want that, <laughs> but. Uh, no. Still not as the acclaimed. Oh come on! The acclaimed are middle <laughs> school boy, seventh grade boys talking about scissoring, and they're the champions. When you've got real men, actual wrestlers, actual talent like FTR on your roster, that's embarrassing. Oh well, Drew, no! Gonna, oh, we, we, got, we, got, we got we got we got a, we got a Drew Renee feud going here right now. Well, well I'm going to throw it this way. Drew's going to talk about the acclaim that way and talking about seventh grade humor. Did you not watch the first five minutes of Raw last night? I did, and listen, that highly <laughs> okay. inappropriate. So, <laughs> I made a comment earlier today to somebody in one of my Discord chats. Um, who's it's a wrestling Discord chat? I love it; they're awesome. But um, so somebody had made that same point, and I told them, okay, but the New Age Outlaws and DX and all of that—they were reigning supreme in a time where it was the thing to be anti-establishment, to be rebellious. Uh, you know, back then you had System of a System of a Down, and uh, who's that, what's that one band that sang the uh, Oh Rage Against the Machine or whatever? You know, that stuff was cool at that time. Anti-establishment, rebellious against the grain. In that time frame, in that culture, the late '90s, that was the thing to do. That's why they were cool. Okay, the acclaimed is a wannabe Degeneration X. Oh no! Oh. oh. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, those whoa. In, in some circles would be fighting words. Justin, I'm going to throw this to you. What no, are your thoughts on this? No, I, you know what? He doesn't like the acclaim. That's okay. I'm not a fan of them, but the kids like them. You know, a lot of the younger, te- a lot of the younger people like them, and that's good. You know, they, they got to give them something to like in wrestling, they got to get to have something to connect with. That part is for us to laugh at. Uh, 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 but, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, back to the FTR uh, thing, if I can go back real quick, uh, I believe FTR has honed their skills in AEW. Um, I am a little worried if they go back to, I don't know, not, I'm not worried anymore if they go back to WWE because I would love to see a best of seven with them and the Usos at some point. Oh my God, uh, that would be so awesome. It would be amazing. And Or even, uh, them, or even them with the New Day with Xavier and, and I mean, ooh. Xavier and Kofi, or Gable and Otis, uh, the the Alpha Academy. Is that what they're going by? Yeah, uh, Alpha yeah. Academy. Um, uh, another one, Justin. What about them in either Imperium or the Brawling Brutes? Another. Oh another my goodness! Seeing be... those guys in the Phenomenal. ring with uh, Gunther or or Sheamus or the other the, the I'm, I'm not gonna lie, guys. 
I'm a little back, uh, I'm a little uh, behind on uh, those two stables, the names. I know it's got Pete uh, Pete Dunn in there, and mm-hmm. honestly, Which... I like I'd like to see Pete Dunn go back to his roots when he first was introduced to the NXT when I kind of got friendly vibes let off. Let me see if I can. So. Let me see if I can do the impression of the SmackDown ring announcer, Ludwig Kaiser, Giovanni <laughs> Menchi. There I did. <laughs> Oh. He's coming. He's coming for our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, I mean, it. I, I think the tag scene, and if if you look at it, the tag scene in the WWE, that's another belt they kind of need to split back off. They need to go. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they need to split the. We don't need these combined champions. I know. I know the WWE is one company now, so I just. I, I don't. I don't agree with. I don't agree with one champion. However, if you're gonna have like an undisputed champion. Make the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title prominent every week on Raw and SmackDown. That's just all. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I mean, I think Chris, you go back to what I was saying. If you have Raw and you have the U.S. title of Lashley and Lesnar, yes. I don't know who you put up against a Braun Strowman on SmackDown, but again, you got some guys out there that are going to bring it each and every week. And it doesn't matter whether it's Braun Strowman or a Sheamus or a Gunther or a Shinsuke Nakamura. Anybody on that SmackDown roster is going to deliver and be a, po- a, a credible threat to the Undisputed Unified, Undisputed Unified Universal Championship, whatever they're calling it now. But the fact is anybody would be a threat. Justin, what do you think? How, 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 about, sorry. how about Braun Strowman versus uh, Gunther? Oh, how? Talk ow. about big beefy men slapping me. Uh, I, I oh, anyway, sorry, Justin. Friends, Justin. No, no, sorry, I'm Justin. sorry. I, I, when I raise my hand when you guys are talking, I have a problem with interrupting at times. So that's why I'm raising my hand. Um, <laughs> I, okay, so you want you think it would be good, Luke, for Bra- uh, Brock to be involved with a U.S. title picture. Here's the thing. We never saw Hogan in the Intercontinental title picture. I know I'm putting the two side by side. But you, I would never put him in the same category as a secondary belt. Either he don't have a strap. The Undertaker never needed a strap. He, you know, everybody knew he was the man. Brock's the man without a belt. But if you're gonna put him in a belt picture, always keep him in the heavyweight division, the heavyweight title picture. Don't give him a, don't don't even put him near a secondary category because that could that could tarnish that image of the beast mentality, the beast incarnate. A very valid point, Justin. I mean, again, it's one of those where. That's one of the reasons why the WrestleTalk podcast is so great is the idea you get different points of view on all the major happenings going on here. And with, so we got somebody here talking about waiting for all day, will, uh, will all day, that is. We're going to go ahead and be joining him in just a minute. Gentlemen, we do have several more key questions here. What we're going to do is we're going to ask both of you to go ahead. Would you be willing to come back on after our interview here in just a little bit yes. and talk more about these high spot segments? Once again, yes. you've got Drew Chandler. Known as Pinky, however you want to call him, he's here. We got Justin Wade. He's going to be joining us later in the program. Gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and send you backstage here. And we're going to go ahead. Chris, I'm going to go ahead and do this introduction because this is kind of one of those sentimental moments here. And hopefully we've got everything taken care of backstage. I had an opportunity, and you've heard it a lot of times here on the Russell Talk podcast. The Night Owl and I had the opportunity here just a couple of weeks ago to go to the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion. And as we see at the Cauliflower Alley Club reunion, we get the opportunity to talk with some of the legends of yesteryear, some of the greatest wrestlers that are in professional wrestling today, and some of the greatest talents that are yet to come. And this man is one that I have to say 
is the future of professional wrestling. A man who four years into professional wrestling has already competed for the likes of AEW, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, the WWE, you name it. He's been he's been to the UK. He's competed for New Japan. Is there any part of the professional wrestling world this man cannot achieve in his career? Ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and make sure we get that music ready for our first guest here this evening on the Wrestle Talk podcast. The one, the only, Will All Day. Go ahead and hit that intro music, Big Sexy. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it sounds good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Will, first of all, I, I, I know we had our discussion before, and I'm going to add one more moniker here. Besides all you've accomplished thus far, I want to say a man who a lot of people at the CAC weren't just talking about your wrestling ability, but they were talking about your great hairstyle. <laughs> I'm not meaning that as a joke. This man was getting questions all over Vegas about his hair care regimen and his 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 ability to have such a perfect head of hair. And Here's a man that can not only talk about hair care, but he can talk about being one of the best wrestlers right now on the professional wrestling scene. And, Will, I got to say, it's an honor and privilege to get a chance to talk with you again and have you here on the Wrestle Talk podcast this evening. Well, thanks, Luke. I'm very excited to be here, and it was a pleasure meeting you in Vegas. Uh, DJ Big Sexy, I don't know if we've met before. Uh, you looked really enthused by my music. You might want to smile a little bit more. It looks good on you. <laughs> It's been, long, it's been a long day. It's been a long day. Been a long oh, yeah, day. no worries. But you but, know but, what, Chris? But I went. I went to. I went to YouTube and I typed in. I was typing in Will all day to try to find because we have copyright things. I'm like, oh, Will all day has a custom theme. That's awesome. So I mean, <laughs> you want to shout out who did your custom theme? Uh, you know what? Uh, I actually don't remember who did it because <laughs> I I had it done uh, like right as I was starting. Uh, I knew that I wanted something that was going to separate me from the beginning, and so I figured custom music was going to be that instead of these generic tones or using some random music that's from the '80s that's famous and has nothing to do with me that people like to get over instead of themselves. But I digress. Here I am with my own music. Will all day. Well, Will, I'm going to say first of all, uh, again, it's an honor to have you on the program. Now, for those that don't know about you, I mean, you have traveled the United States, you've traveled the UK, you've traveled the Wales, you've have been all over the place. Uh, can you give us just a little bit? And I know this is kind of one of those stereotypical first questions. We got a lot of things to talk about with you. Um, can you give the the viewers of the Russell Talk podcast just a little bit about what brought you into the world of professional wrestling back in 2018? Yeah, I, I had watched it uh, on and off growing up, and uh, I had always been an athlete, an undersized athlete, and my dream was to essentially be a professional athlete. And uh, being the size I am, it wasn't going to happen. I went and played collegiate sports uh, in Houston at Rice University and knew that it was going to stop there, and so I wanted to figure out how I could make that next jump. And I had always wanted to be a wrestler in college, uh, even in the locker room, I was telling everybody that that's what I was going to do. And, you know, it took me a handful of years after I graduated to actually jump in. But 
I always knew that I wanted to compete at a high level like that. I, I wanted to show uh, my athleticism and my gifts because really that's, that's kind of like uh, what I took the most pride in growing up. Uh, I put the most work into doing something like that. And this is just the perfect place for me. You know, I saw Daniel Bryan uh, climb that mountaintop at WrestleMania 30 in person. And so seeing a guy that size doing it, uh, I realized that I could do that. You know, I could do something like that with my build and my athleticism and my drive. It, it was something that was attainable. And so, you know, I, I found Booker T uh, in Houston. So it was just fortuitous that he was there. And I jumped into the academy and I hadn't looked back since. Because well, back when back when you were growing up, it was a big man's game. It was it, it probably you probably saw it was a big man's game. You're like, oh, someone's small. We're gonna I'm gonna get linked into the cruiserweight division or the you know the what used to be the X division in uh, TNA. So I mean, to to see to see that that probably was when Daniel Bryan won that title. That was probably that was probably a big moment for you. Yeah, absolutely, it was. And, and you know what? I've been very careful in my career not to ever be labeled as a cruiserweight. Uh, and I don't even allow the announcer to say my weight uh, because at the end of the day, it doesn't freaking matter. Um, we all compete against each other, little guys, big guys, giants, fat guys, skinny guys. Uh, we're all in the ring facing each other. And so, like, to be able to showcase your yourself as an individual instead of, like, being pigeonholed into something like that I think is huge with something like this because it's based a lot of a lot on ability and not size. Well, you know something, Will, I got to, first of all, I want to say thank you for the idea of giving such a fresh view because there's a lot of promotions, not just here in the United States, but across the world that you, if you fit in that 205 and under, you have to be a cruiserweight. You have to be a light heavyweight. You have to be, if you look at uh, some of the Mexican promotions that are welterweights and things along the line. But there are a lot of wrestlers, and some of the greatest matches that have ever happened have been <coughs> the idea of who would win a matchup between what you would consider a speed guy versus a power guy. There's a lot of different components of professional wrestling. And if you look at a lot of the great teams in professional wrestling, what do a lot of them consist of? They consist of somebody who would be considered the speed guy and the power guy. And again, yep. I've had the opportunity to see several of your matches. And like you said, you don't wrestle like a cruiserweight so to speak like you said you go out there doesn't matter who it is if they sign the contract they step inside that 20 by 20 ring that we called the fame squared circle they're going to be in for a fight and yep. i'll tell you will all day is a man that brings like his name says he's there all day you cannot slow this man down he can go as long as you want him to go now you mentioned earlier about booker t a man who's had a lot of connections, a lot of, of time in the world of professional wrestling, WWE Hall of Famer. He's been recognized, I believe, at the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's been recognized by the Cauliflower Alley Club. The list of accolades is all, I mean, speaks for itself. It does. But in his promotion, Reality of Wrestling, you are the only triple crown champion in the promotion's history. And I got to ask you, how does it feel to be the one to say, I'm the only one that's done this? It's not a, a seven-footer. It's not a tag team specialist. It is, as the name says, Will All Day. Yeah, I mean, I was the only uh, dual champion. There have been a handful of Triple Crown winners, but I've been the only guy to hold two belts at once, and that's the Texas title and the Row Heavyweight title. And 
it's a huge accomplishment, especially with the people that have come out of there. You know, you've had the Usos there. You've had Mysterious Q. You've had Gino Medina. You've had um, uh, Brennan Williams, who I I think is Mace on uh, Raw. Mm -hmm. You've had a tremendous amount of talent come out of there. And to have done this in four years when a lot of these guys have been doing it for 10, 12, 15 years is something that I take great pride in because – I busted my ass for, uh, you know, even before I got in this business, I busted my ass to get prepared for this business and jumping into something like that and like seeing the hard work pay off is, is honestly, it's, it's pretty cool because uh, you don't, you don't get a lot of patting on the back in this business. You really don't. You got to be your own like biggest cheerleader and to have somebody believe in you like that, to be able to say that, I did this for Booker T, the two-time Hall of Famer. Like, like you said, he has all the accolades, and he believes in me that much. It's, it's a huge feather in my cap, but it gives me a lot of pride to say that somebody that successful who has been to the dance like that really like hitches his wagon to this horse. Right. Well, well Chris, I want to throw one more question out here. Okay. This is this is going back from our experience at CAC. And a lot of people have talked about how CAC, you get to meet the past, present, and future. And I want to set a, a table here. And, Will, I want your your input on here. When Will and I first met, we were at a table. We had another gentleman. Uh, and, again, I'm going to be perfectly honest, and I apologize in advance. The name is temporarily, like, vanishing from my head. But we had Jesse Hernandez, the grappler, and Jeff Manning in our discussion. And I got to ask you, Will. What is it like? What is what what did you get from this? And how does it feel to have wrestlers like these individuals, wrestlers, promoters, to be able to identify you? And what did you learn from conversations like that? Well, I, I mean, I didn't learn a whole lot because we were just kind of BSing the whole time right there. But <laughs> but but to have that rapport with those type of guys, I think is is very special because it shows you that these guys that have been there and done it just like Booker, uh, really believe in you and they respect you and they look at you a, as a peer, not not as a student or as uh, some young guy. They look at me as an asset and somebody who can really do something. And, and that was very special to me as well because, you know, you do a lot of things in this business for respect. And to see that I've earned that with some of the guys, some of the legends there at the Cauliflower Alley Club, uh, it's pretty cool. You know, uh, Jimmy Hart was there and he's like, hey, Will, what's up, baby? And uh, I, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought that was pretty uh, pretty cool when I was when I was walking out of there. Uh, just to kind of see eye to eye with him and, uh, again, just be looked at as a peer. You know, you, you work your ass off um, at the training academy and then getting into your first shows and then work in your city, then your state, then your region, then the nation. And so to be able to be respected by people not only in my state but people across the country is something that uh you know i don't take for granted okay chris i'm gonna go ahead and throw things over to you here we got will all day right here on the russell talk podcast chris go ahead and take it away oh i want to throw up a couple of the comments that we've got that we've gotten in from one from amanda uh saying that oh my god my guy has come so far and is so awesome so you got a big fan and amanda and also and also uh drew chandler who was on earlier with us ref pinky worked ashore with you in fort fort worth texas and he confirmed you were there in fact all day because <laughs> honest, honestly people think that oh it's only a three-hour show that's all the wrestlers have to be there no 
I know from being a ring announcer, Luke knows from being a ref, ring announcer, wrestler. It's not it's not just a three hour show or a four hour block that you have. You kind of have to get there at like midday and you're there set even if you have to set up chairs, you know, the ring has to be set up. Uh yeah. And then afterwards you have to tear down the ring, tear down the chair, you know, carry everything out. So it's an all-day affair. So uh, what have you learned about pay- with paying your dues in this? Is that something that's missing right now? You know what? Um, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, can't, I can't really comment on that because when I was brought into the business, and every promotion's different. Every state's different. Every promoter is different. I know that Booker T, if you go in there, he's going to teach you the right way. He's going to be old school, and that's the way I was brought up in sports. That's the way I was brought up in life is – um respect you know it it was respect for what you did respect for who you were there with respect for yourself and ultimately just respect in general and that is doing those little things that is doing every little bit that's saying hello to everybody that is being polite and nice to everybody that's that's doing things the right way and you know there are a lot of people in this business and in life who don't but you know, I, I can't speak on that. I can only speak from my experience and being brought up at Reality Wrestling. Uh, we we were made sure that we were brought up the right way. Yeah. Speaking of Reality of Wrestling, when I was doing research for it, I always go to YouTube and look at look at matches if I can if we can find them. And uh, you had this like huge feud with Cameron Cole. Yeah. Um, and I was wa- I was watching the street fight earlier, and you guys just beat each other to a pulp. So you want to, you want to talk about that whole feud, how that came about? What, what was the antithesis? What began it? What, you know, why did it seem like it became so personal? Yeah. uh, He was a guy who had uh, ridden with me for years. He's a guy who actually like gave me my first break in the business, you know, outside of reality or wrestling and inside reality wrestling. You know, I I actually had my first match and they told me, I think uh, two days before, Hey, you got a match uh, Saturday. And I think it was Thursday. And I didn't have anything. I, you know, I had been training for a handful of months and I had no gear to wear. So he was gracious enough to lend me some of his gear. And I used that. And he uh, he put me in the car with him to go to a show. And he allowed me to get on one of the big shows in Texas at the time. Actually, two at the time. And uh, he really got me going in Texas. And then I repaid the faith that he had me by uh, taking him absolutely everywhere else uh in the state and in the country and we you know we traveled together in the cars on planes and we we went to england together we went to wales together we've traveled east coast west coast north south and we were best friends and it kind of turned into a a little jealousy honestly it was it really was uh he was the guy he was booker t's guy he was his hand chosen like future and i came in there and kind of supplanted him And, and that's not something i did like actively or consciously it was just something that happened and he realized that and had a real change of emotion change of like uh i guess in his nature and he started taking it out on me and uh i had i had had that happen to me way too many times in the past for me to let that happen again i had grown wiser and older and realized that you know sometimes to stop somebody from taking advantage of you you got to pop them in the mouth and uh I got a, an autographed boot on my right foot that does that just perfectly. And every time we face, I think uh, he's eaten my boot uh, 10 out of 10 times. 
I mean, it, it just it, it, those are the rivalry. The rivalries when you where friends become enemies, become friends, become enemies. That's that's the thing that uh makes you uh make makes the matches more worthwhile. So yeah. Well, you know, Chris, I want to talk about one worthwhile match, and this is one of the things that really gravitated me to Will. Will, when we talked, we first met in Vegas. You talked about the idea of wrestlers who can go on outrageous winning streaks. But you, good sir, have a specific place in the history of a famous losing streak. Oh, no. That's right. So at this point in time, I want to go ahead, if you'd be willing to share with the viewers of the Wrestle Talk podcast, this is one of those stories you don't hear. I'm just going to give it to Will talking about one of the most famous <laughs> contemporary losing streaks in the history of professional wrestling. Will all day, take it away. Yeah, so uh, this is actually a losing streak in the uh, world of world wrestling entertainment, and that is of the Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins came to Houston, Texas, and I was about six months into the wrestling business as a whole. And uh, I had gotten a call from uh, WWE to be uh, just an on-hand talent, you know, if they needed somebody. And Kurt Hawkins looked at me uh, and said that he wanted to wrestle me because, you know, again, I was a younger, undersized athlete, and so he wanted to be – he wanted to – put himself in there with somebody that he thought he could get an easy victory on. He was zero and 199. And so he was not going to get that 200 loss. So he was going to treat the whole city of Houston to a whole round of tacos for everybody in the stadium. And uh, if he won, everybody would get a taco. So I got in there with him and things didn't go as planned. And uh, I actually ended up getting a victory on Monday Night Raw against Kurt Hawkins, giving him his 200th loss, making me undefeated in WWE. (laughs) Uh, My name was uh, James Harden for the night because Vince McMahon thought that the crowd would cheer me if my name was James Harden. Uh, They did not um, because me, all all of me being – called James Harden. I don't think appease them too much, especially when the Rockets were losing in the playoffs that year. <laughs> oh. Where where what, is it? What, it was in Houston? Yeah, it was at the Toyota Center. Oh. Wow. Well, oh. you know something? I got to throw this out here, though. And you got to look at it this way. Here's the man who gave Kurt Hawkins his 200th loss. And now, if I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Kurt Hawkins the digital media champion now in Impact Wrestling or something like that? I believe so. So, I mean, again, when you look at it, you hold – you again, we've got to figure out how with the WrestleTalk podcast viewers, we got to make it so. We need to get the rematch of Will Allday, Kurt Hawkins for the Impact Wrestling uh, Media – what is it, the Media Championship or the Digital Media Dig- digital Championship? Media, digital Media Championship. We need to make that happen right here. And that's my, that's my quest right here on the WrestleTalk podcast tonight <laughs> is to see if we can make that happen. Now – Will, you have been well, all... Well, hold on, hold on. I feel like I feel like that automatically makes me the number one contender, Luke. That is true. That is true. It's another thing we could add to our list. And the <laughs> idea of, that's what we... we got to figure out how to get a hashtag here. We're going to have to talk tonight out. We're going to have to put that on every show for a while and put all day for media title or something like that. We'll have to come up with something cool and put it on our show regularly to make that's sure right. that happens. <laughs> now, now i got to ask you this. You have competed in a lot of promotions. And I've got to ask you, and this is going to be kind of a weird question. You've completed in Uh-oh. New Japan, AEW, WWE, you name it. 
if you look at the major promotions, which one do you think? I mean, again, a lot of people always say, oh, the WWE, they're the biggest out there. If you had the opportunity to wrestle for any promotion on a regular basis, which one would it be? It would be WWE, and it would be hands down. Uh, I, I love I love them all. I love New Japan. I love the locker room. I love the real true sports feel of being there with a bunch of dudes just wanting to, like, bust each other up and be athletes. I love being with AEW, um, being able to be yourself there, being able to have uh, a lot more freedom than you would. But when you grow up watching WWE and when you see the presentation, when you see the stage uh, – there's nothing that really compares, honestly. And like I said, all of them are great, but but that's that's where I've always wanted to be. That's that's always been my goal. And so I hadn't done a, a hand I hadn't done a whole lot to stray off that path of going there. You know, I had a tryout there last year and um it happened to be a month before they had their entire turnover of going from NXT to NXT two point and everybody getting fired there um on the coaching staff. But you know, I'm biding my time, I'm getting ready and I'm I'm going to shoot my shot again with them. And, you know, that's really the, the goal for me. Do you, do you think, I mean, I'm going to bring this back to the current current uh, status wise, because everyone knows that there's been a change over at the top of the WWE and the head of creative. Do you think you stand a little bit better of a chance with Hunter being in charge than with Vince being in charge? Um, do you, uh, to get into NXT and to get into the WWE? Absolutely. You know, he was there. He was in charge there um, when I had my trial. And, and, you know, I had gotten some rave reviews, which is cool for me. It was was a very good uh, time for me. And like I said, he had gotten sick Uh, a month later. There was a bunch of turnover there at their performance center. So, you know, um, they were kind of starting over. And, you know, I hadn't I hadn't reached back out since then. But now that he's back, I I know that they're more open to uh, looking at different styles and different types of people. And so I'm going to make sure that if it works out or not, that I give it my best foot forward doing something like that, because, you know, I, I got into this business um, to, to make it. And that's, that's exactly my plan. That's what I'm trying to do. And you can't do that without taking one step at a time. Right. And, and what's the one best piece of advice you've been given by any of the veterans that you've been in the locker room with, whether it be Booker T or any of the lock or any of the veterans that you've been on shows with any seminars you've taken, even at the performance center, what's, what's the best piece of advice you've been given? Uh, man, I, I think it really is just to uh, believe in who you are. And, and that means like when you get in that ring, uh, I know sometimes people don't know who they are and they're trying to figure out who they are. Um, and what makes the crowd really gravitate towards you or towards me is showing them exactly who I am and not, and not being afraid to do that. Not, not having any anxiety or hesitancy to do that. Uh, you know, early in my career, uh, I was trying to find myself as everybody does. And it was tough for me to become confident because I didn't know exactly who I wanted to be and what I wanted to show. And once I found that everything was easy, it was like, uh, something just switched and the crowd started gravitating towards me because they could feel that I was being genuine and I was being confident myself. And if you don't do that in the ring, they can see right through that. So that's the advice I would give because it's worked for me. And they say that you always hear these older wrestlers saying, 
the best characters, the most successful are the guys who are themselves and just turn the volume up to 11, right? And that's kind of what I'm doing or in the process of doing. And honestly, it's just been like, it's been a dream for me. And what is the big, what is the biggest difference between you've been, you've been in the locker room with the WWE and you've been in the locker room with the AEW. What's the biggest difference that you see? Um, well, I, I would just say freedom. You know, you have a lot more freedom in AEW. Uh, freedom to do so many things. Uh, freedom to be yourself. Freedom to say what you want. Wrestle how you want. WWE is a lot more structured. And I, I honestly think, uh, for somebody like me at least, that's that's kind of what I need. I need to be told, um, hey, you got you got this spot. Make sure you go kill it. Right? Th- this is what you need to do. This is what we need you to do. We need you to do your job and make sure you do a good job and you do it to the best of your ability. And that's uh, that's something I think that is just right up my alley. And so the freedom that AEW gives is awesome. It's fantastic. And I know that a lot of people really like that. Um, I like a little more structure. And so that's kind of why I gravitate a little towards WWE. Well, Chris, I want to take a second real quick. We've had a lot of great uh, viewer comments here. And I want you to throw up the one here. We had just a few minutes ago from Aaron Lawrence talking about how this is a matchup we could see if we could get our hashtag to work all day versus Speedball Mike Bailey. That would be a definitely interesting match. Now, um, Will, I've got to ask you this question. It's a little bit off the off the normal track, but that's okay. My question is this. In, the, in your career, you've encountered thousands of fans. Right. I want to ask you, is there any stories that you can share regarding your experiences with fans or unique experiences inside the ring? Inside the ring with fans, either uh, with fans or things that have happened inside inside arenas, inside buildings, things along those lines. Things that would be unique, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Unique? Oh man, uh, you're kind of putting me on the spot here. Uh, but I, I don't know about unique. I, I may have to do some homework and come back to you on that one. But I will say uh, something that's fulfilling is uh, is kind of building relationships with fans, like. Uh, from your home state you see these guys a lot more often than you do going out of state so it's kind of fun being able to know some of these people by name and seeing them and kind of building a personal relationship and like watching them grow as they watch you grow and seeing like these kids look at you like you know you're a superhero or you're like you're you're their hero which is cool because i've i've did that to athletes when i was younger and i always wanted to follow the path of my favorite athletes and to be in the shoes of the reverse is, is pretty fulfilling. Uh, it's cool going to these cities and States that I've never been to before and seeing will all day shirts in the crowd that that's very, very cool and fulfilling. And so I always try to like make sure that I make uh, good decisions and uh, don't paint myself in a bad light. And my social media reflects that I don't argue or get into any of the BS on social media because of, stuff like that. I think being a a role model is something that we're not, we're not forced to do. Um, I I want to do it and I I like doing it. I I feel like more people should do that if they have the right temperament. And, you know, that's a big, uh, that's a big priority for me. So with me and the fans, I just, I always looked at it as a, as somebody following an athlete who, who they really enjoyed. And, when you're following an athlete like that and they make bad decisions, it kind of 
it kind of grinds your gears a little bit because you get emotionally invested, right? You, you look at them as almost somebody, you know, even though that you don't, and I've had the privilege to know a lot of these people. And so I don't want to let them down by doing something stupid. Well, Will, I'm going to throw one more thing out here. And Chris had it up here for just a second. I want to throw it back up here. Michael Earl Pam, uh, he's been a guest on the show in the past. He's also, uh, as you see here, hello, Will, all day. Uh, been watching Reality of Wrestling. You're a great wrestler. Who do you want to get in the ring with if given the opportunity? Uh, I would say AJ Styles. You know, that, that's that been my favorite. Uh, I actually kind of looked like him when I first started. <laughs> And so I tried to gravitate way away from that because uh, I didn't want to be compared to AJ Styles, even though he was my absolute favorite. I thought he was just like, no pun intended, phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, I've always respected and appreciated him as an athlete and as a performer. And I know he busts his ass. And I know he works like hard and he's a smaller guy like me who has to hit hard, who has to overcompensate, who has to have that pit bull mentality to get ahead. And, I think if him and I went at it, it would be hard hitting. You would see a plethora of different styles all within one match. And I think you would see an instant classic. Well, I got to tell you right now, Will, that match and stuff, and, and the fans have been bringing forth a lot of great questions. We wanted to thank the viewers for bringing up all these great uh, comments and questions and people who've seen you and being able to, to share their input about Will all day as well. Now, Will, before we let you go, we've got a few things here we need to take care of. But one thing is, Something that's kind of become a tradition, a staple here, if you will, with the Russell Talk podcast. And that's what's called the shoot and shout segment. It gives you an opportunity to vent about something that's on your mind. Now, it doesn't have to be pro wrestling related. There's a lot of things going on in the world of Will all day, each and, each and every day that you uh, grace people with your presence. Okay. So what I want to do, I want to ask you if you'd be willing to go ahead and take part in our shoot and shout segment this evening. Yeah, you know what? I think... Uh... I think I might get in a little bit of trouble, but uh, hell, why not? <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead, Chris. If you be so kind, we've got a little bit of theme music. We have a theme. I'm gonna, I'm gonna we have a theme, and I think you'll like it. I hope you're going to like the theme. Let's go ahead and introduce the Shoot and Shout segment here on the Russell Talk Podcast. It's just one of those days when you don't want to wake up. Everything is fun. Everybody sucks. You don't really know why. You have to justify. Rip someone's head off. No human contact. And if you interact, your life's on contract. Your best bets to stay away, motherfucker. It's just one of those days. It's all about. Uh, all you know right. what? Uh, that used to be my pump up song when I was younger. I used Break. to listen to that song all the time. Break stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think we've ever broken stuff in that version before. I don't think so. <laughs> All right. Well, like I say, welcome to the Shoot and Shouts. I'm in here on the Russell Talk podcast. Chris, I know normally we let the guests go first, but I've got something on my mind. We talked about it last week. I'm going to say it this way. I have a complaint. I have something that's been on my mind now for about a week and a half. Why is it the technology companies, when you're having problems – why does it take them forever to solve a 15-second problem? I have been dealing for a better part of two weeks with something that, here's a thought, you click two or three buttons and you make it go away. It's not that anything was done wrong, but it's a simple fix. It's not that you <coughs> get your act together and fix it. Sorry, I had, I had to have, get on my soapbox there when it comes to media <coughs> and the fact that they don't do things in a timely manner. Um, Will, I'm going to go ahead and throw things to you here. Um, what do you have for tonight's episode of the Shoot and Shout segment? 
Well, gosh, I've been wrestling with this for quite a while, especially since I had been uh, working out and trying to build size. Um, I, I have these kind of meaty thighs and I have this like big fat ass. And so uh, I can't find <laughs> a pair of jeans that fits me very well. You know, I got this tiny waist and this big old butt. So I got to buy jeans couple sizes too big and they're just loose on my waist and it really just grinds my gears and so i'm shooting on uh, all the jean companies to make something for this big old wagon i got i mean they do it they do it for the women why can't they do it for, <laughs> why, why can't they do it for the guys that's right i i mean apple bottoms for men please <laughs> <laughs> okay i think we now have another wow. hashtag for the show later wow. on Chris, i'm gonna throw things to you because now i gotta work on two different hashtags here in the next 45 minutes and, and Amanda, Amanda agrees with you. You you got a tushy, a tushy so I, uh, I, I don't know. I never, I never saw your. I've never seen your tushy, so I, I, I'm gonna take her, take her of that. I want to talk. You about, might switch sides. <laughs> but you know, you never know. Um, I want to talk about pulling your weight at work. I mean, we when you work at a team, pull your weight. Don't expect someone to come in to be like. Oh, well, if I get done, someone else will help me out. You know, I mean, I, I just, I just want people to pull their own weight. It's just you're, you're paid for eight hours, 40 hours a week. Don't wait until Thursday and be like, Oh, I'm not going to be able to get my work done this week. Don't wait till that. Cause then everyone has to rush through and, and, and just pull your weight. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've had any experience in, in the real world with that, but I just pull your weight. Absolutely. I, everybody does. Even in the wrestling business, you go to these shows and, you know, people always talk about the, the veterans. It's not the veterans. It's just lazy, lazy dudes. It's lazy wrestlers who want to go out there and kind of half-ass it and not, not uh, put their best foot forward, not give the crowd the best show. They just want to get in there, get an easy paycheck, get the hell out of there. And I, and I say, no, hell no. I don't want to go in there and some kids see me for the first time or even people who paid money to come see me and see me half-ass something they're not getting their money's worth that i i think that's ridiculous and honestly like i think that there's a reason those guys are uh doing the same shows every month instead of getting out there and getting to new shows and getting new fans is because they, they're not doing themselves a service or the fans a service so you know that that's in every industry well, Chris, I got to tell you right now i think i don't have to worry about a hashtag here and again we're going to come back to to, to Aaron's uh, shoot and shout here in a minute, because I want to go ahead and I want you to bring up the one right before that. I don't oh. think I'm going to have to worry about a hashtag because now we're getting more and more people bringing it up. Will this is gonna be, you know, <laughs> that's going to be the thing of the night. We're going to be talking about this. And, and, and again, I don't want to be responsible mm. talking to the night owl. I don't want to be responsible talking to anybody in upper management when we continue this discussion. <laughs> But like I said, I mean, again, Renee's going to watch this. He's like, are you really talking about bubble butts on, on men? I'm like, <laughs> Hey, it's one of those where that's one of the things that's great about the wrestle talk podcast. We can talk about the world of professional wrestling. We can talk about things like, as you were talking about, Will, when you see people like Cody Rose, we see people like Jimmy Hart that are been in this business a long time and are setting up chairs and sweeping up and doing the things that we have always been taught to do inside the world of professional wrestling that shows that you can have just as much dedication and just as much focus. If it's good, if they can do it, you can do it as well. Now, lastly, before we let you go, I know you're a very busy man. You're traveling the country. You're putting in the time in the ring and you're delighting crowds all across the country. 
For those that want to follow more about you or catch you in the ring, I know they can catch you at ROW, they can catch you at a lot of other promotions. For those that want to know more about you and catch you inside the ring, where can the viewers of the Wrestle Talk podcast catch you in the next few weeks? On OnlyFans. Uh, no, sorry, never mind. That's my other name. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, so, uh, in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be at Loco Wrestling. I'm going to be at Reality Wrestling. Um, follow my social media. My schedule is going to be on there. I'm going to post every show that I'm going to be on, and that's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It's all the same handle. I am Mr. All Day. I A M M R A L L D A Y. My name is Will Alday. If you didn't know, if you didn't catch it, it's right here. Please <laughs> go follow my socials. Follow me across the country. Follow my exploits. You know, it's fun. I try to make this fun. I try to make this entertaining. I try to make this uh, good for everybody involved. So, you know, this has been an awesome time. Thank you guys for inviting me. I really appreciate your time. And I, and, highly uh, I hope we do I it again. I highly recommend the YouTube channel because I was on there uh, trying to get to see who, who you faced, what what's going on, and was looking for a theme song for you. And I saw you, you got a couple of highlight videos for the past couple of years. So, and they, they were they were amazing. So, I mean, just just keep up the good work. And we want you to be a friend of the Wrestle Talk podcast. So we want you to come back sometime, and maybe we'll talk. We'll be able to talk to. Uh, and we got some people wanting, saying you need to come to the St. Louis area. I mean, I know, know you down. Chris, we know some promotions that very well need to have Will Allday come in and compete inside the squared circle. I just think of some of the wrestlers in Dynamo Pro Wrestling, wrestlers in SICW, wrestlers in KCXW up in the Kansas City area. Uh, I know there's a lot of a lot of promotions here that need to bring in Will Allday. And guys, if you're a promoter, make it a point. Check out Will all day. He's a phenomenal in-ring competitor, he's a phenomenal person. And again, he's joined us here now for almost 45 minutes on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And Will, I got to say thank you very much. And I look forward to definitely seeing you very, very soon, not just in the ring, but outside the ring throughout the world of professional wrestling. Hey, thank you guys very much. I'll see you guys soon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Will all day joining us here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And you know something? It's just going to keep on going. We've got things we're not going to slow down. We're going to keep pushing it 100% all night long. Ladies and gentlemen, I know he's here. I know it's time. Oh, we just he's lost in- we we just lost Perry for some reason. I may, maybe I accidentally Oh, nope, he's back. No, he's back. I might have accidentally did, that might have been my fault. So all right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and do this introduction. Yeah, do, 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 well, no, let me no. get this I'm thing. not doing an introduction. Just hit the music. Everybody's going to know what time it is. Hit that music, Rodell. It's time. Turn it up. What's up? What's up? What's up, Big Daddy P? How you doing? Oh, I'm excited. We got Stax coming up on NXT right now. He's about to face Wesley. But the problem is they already showed the promo for Halloween Havoc, and it showed Wesley. So that's telling me that Stax is gonna, you know, take. He's well, not that's not. Play. That's not. That's not good. I mean, no. But at the same time, though, it's his first time premiering. So oh. you know, you know to what? be on NXT by himself without the uh, Big Don with him. Uh, is a huge accomplishment for Jake Tucker, and I'm so proud of him. 
he's uh, he's come a long way and it's just so awesome that's why when when as timing was working out i'm like really i'm so glad i'm recording it so at least i can wait until after the interview and then watch the rest of the match because you have a, do you have a connection with one of the one of the, one of the competitors? yeah actually i i was with when 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 jpwa when pritchard had his graduation at 127 pro wrestling was when jake tucker who now is stacks graduated from there awesome and, and we booked him three or four times on different shows for blue sky wrestling and other shows we had and he's just worked hard worked hard worked hard now uh you know he got into he did a bunch of fillers for wwe and um you know so now he's i think he was on one of the original tough enoughs uh but he didn't make it and uh but he year after year after year after year has put in the time put in the work done the training and uh, now he's about to be featured on NXT tonight. So we're very excited for him. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it a step farther. I think it was just a miss at it. Somebody on the truck didn't get what they needed to be done. Done. They might've put Wesley in it, but you know something I think is a mistake. I think we're going to see stacks at Halloween havoc in some form or another. And again, it's all, it's all an editing issue for sure. So, and uh, I am a deplorable. That is correct. Just so everybody understands. Uh, but hey, listen, I know we got some prayer requests. I know one of the prayer requests, uh, one of the prayers technically were answered, uh, which kind of sounds strange. But have you ever noticed, we always sing in America, we sing happy birthday, right? Right. Yet the Bible says it's better to celebrate one's death than one's birth. Why? Because you've done the work you're supposed to do and now no more work is required. So I was very encouraged today uh, hearing the news that the Lord uh, has received somebody uh, into face-to-face with him. And it was unfortunate for William because uh, I know that they were requesting um, that he would still be around. But the fact remains is the Lord took him home. We don't know why. Uh, we don't know what the facts are. But what we do know is there are people left here now like William who are hurting because, you know, just losing anybody. You know, uh, and so whether it's a friend, a a spouse, a child, I have a lady, a client of mine, a new friend of mine who just, uh, her son, she just had her one year anniversary. She lost her son. He was in his 20s. And uh, it's just got to be, it's it's a tough time for a lot of people right now. So that's why I love this segment, because this segment is all about encouragement. You know, it's all about providing hope for those that are hopeless, besides the fact that we get to deliver some truth to to encourage and, and big daddy p we actually had a prayer request come in for 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 the segment i'm gonna throw up here real quick awesome uh, william will, one of the wrestle talk family members william's brother-in-law was in a really bad car accident and uh unfortunately he passed away today so that's who i was talking about oh you were that's, just talking about okay. that's exactly it yeah it's his brother-in-law my bad i thought when in the description it was a little different but that's okay but yes we did hear and again you know we we it's always hard to explain to people why God allows bad things to happen. But the fact is we see it as a bad situation, but when in fact it could have been, and we just, again, we don't have all the facts. Maybe there was some suffering. I mean, what if he was in, in a coma for seven months, you know what I mean? And, and racked up all these medical bills. I mean, we don't know the details. We don't have the facts, but we know who does. I always say we might not hold, we, we might not know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. 
So well, well, I can tell you right now, Perry, we got a couple more here that, um, and you may or may not know. Uh, we need to give a shout out to uh, the Martinez family. Uh, as you're all aware, um, we talked with uh, Renee. Uh, his grandmother recently passed away. Yes. Uh, I know we talked about that before. And also, on a personal note, I had a good friend of mine I've known for many, many years. Uh, I just found out uh, about an hour before showtime uh, that her brother uh, recently passed away. Uh, passed away, I believe, it was this morning. Uh, again, it's one of those things where we want to bring all those people forward because, like I said, it's one of those things that this is a tough time. And we want to make sure that they have as much support as they possibly can. Uh, right now, as we're sitting here, Big Daddy P., I'm just going to say we got a lot of things going on here, and we got a lot of messages, a lot of things that we need to talk about. We're just going to go ahead and turn things over to you and give us a little bit of a snippet of truth here tonight, right here on the Russell Talk podcast. Well, let me just shoot you as straight as I know how to. Time is running out. I don't have to tell you that. I think you know that. And the formula is pretty simple. God wants to know if you trust him. And if you're going to trust him, through all the situations that we're going through. So the snippet of truth that I have today is no matter what situation you might be going through right now, whether it's you lost somebody like the prayer requests or whether it's a financial situation, a work situation, whatever might, whatever's burdening you, whatever's weighing you down with pressure or grief, I want you to know that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, he had you in mind. And he bared all that for you. That's why he says, come to me who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. That fact, that truth remains that if you are hurting, you have a chance right now, if you're listening, to trust him and to talk to him. It isn't any fancy prayer required. All that's required is your attention. And if you would give him a hearing. So if you haven't given him a hearing Give him a hearing. It doesn't cost anything. And I think after he's done showing himself to you, which is really what is the difference between Christianity and religion. Religion is man's way of trying to prove to God how good we are. Christianity is the Lord showing us how wonderful and good he is. It's a completely different viewpoint. So I want to encourage you today. Don't look at the world sees because the world sees everything relating to greed, money, and time. But God, there is no recession in heaven. There is no depression in heaven. There is no kind of anything in heaven except peace and joy. And he wants to give us that peace and joy here on earth. We can have it if we trust him. Because by trusting him, we're then filled with the spirit. And having that spirit with us, God with us, inside of us, gives us the ability to have an advocate. Someone who says to us, hey, Don't go down that road. It's going to be a little bit of trouble. And we have to listen to that. It's like the Pinocchio movie. Geppetto, he was his conscience. And he told him, I wouldn't do that if I was you. But we're a selfish people. We want it our way. We want God to be Burger King. We want it to have it our way. And the fact remains is that's not the case. And as soon as you can come to the realization of that is when you'll begin to understand how truly the power of God works through you because he's using you to impact the people around you. So don't miss that opportunity. All right. Big Daddy P throwing out that snippet of truth here tonight. Uh, again, we got a lot of great viewers here on the program. If you ever have anything that you want to share with the Wrestle Talk podcast, make it a point to share it to us on social media. You can also send it out to Big Daddy P personally. Big Daddy, I got to tell you right now, tonight things have been kind of a little bit 
crazy, a little bit out of sorts, but you know, one thing that always gets us back onto the back on point, the snippets of truth with Big Daddy P every Tuesday night, right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. Harry, I want to say thank you for coming on the program, and we look forward to seeing you right back here next week on the Russell Talk Podcast. Absolutely, but before I go, I've got to pray. That, that's because without those prayers, man, without being able to communicate to the one who created me, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't communicate with him. And as I stated, it's nothing fancy. You don't have to have eloquence, eloquence of words. The only thing you need to do is just share what your heart. If you ever, if you happen to ever see Bruce Almighty and you saw Jim Carrey with, who is played by Morgan Freeman, and he's playing God, and he says, "Pray," and and Jim Carrey goes and he gives a prayer sounding like he's Miss America. And he says, well, if you were Miss America, that's a great prayer. But really, tell me what it is you want. And I know the reason why the Lord asks us that question is because he wants to answer them. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your faithfulness and for your love, for your continued encouragement during times like these. Father, we've lost some wonderful people recently. So, Father, you've left those behind to deal with the pain of them being gone. I just pray that as a comforter, you would continue to comfort, that they would receive your comfort, Father, during times like these and all the finances and all the situations regarding their uh, being taken care of. We just ask that you would not only make provision for these families, but that you would give them the peace and love. And most importantly, Father, unity at a time like now. The enemy wants to divide us, and he wants to be divided. But the Lord wants unity. He wants us to come together. We wonder why bad things happen. Well, I can tell you, Father, I remember 9-11. I remember how many people went to church that weekend. And by the next weekend, they weren't. They didn't come back. So, Father, I know that you've used disaster in the past to get our attention. And in the present, we are surrounded by disaster. And so we know you're trying to get our attention. We are listening. Father, I thank you for all those that have not submitted their prayer request but are thinking about it, that you would show off and show yourself to them, that you would show them that they can express their feelings to you and that you're there not only to listen but to answer their prayers. I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for Wrestle Talk. I pray for Renee's family as well and William's family, that again, they would be comforted. Thank you that you continue to use this show as a vessel of grace to impact your kingdom, especially those, Father, who don't know you, those who think this segment's crazy or stupid or doesn't make sense. You tell us that these things would be foolish, but guess what? We love them so much. We know you died for them just as much as you died for those that believe. So right now, Father, if anybody hasn't put their faith and trust in you, Father, I pray that they would. It says salvation is a gift by faith alone. Not by works, lest any man should boast. So if anybody has put their faith and trust in you, Father, you know you have all the facts. Thank you so much for bringing them into the kingdom. Continue to use us to equip and to help them during their walk because we cannot do this alone. We thank you so much and we love you. And we ask these things in the name of the one that saved me, Jesus Christ, in whose name I pray. Amen. Amen, Perry. Thank, thank you very much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next Tuesday night right here on the Russell Talk Podcast. Have an awesome guy's night. See you later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Big Daddy P. Snippets of Truth. And you know what? They're just because those that are aware, not only do you have the Russell Talk Podcast every Tuesday night right here on all your great media outlets, but also you have the FWWC tonight. We're going to go ahead and welcome you into the program. 
the one and only, the CEO, Dewan Mills, here to the program. Dewan, are you there? It's what the up, CEO. What up, what up? Two thumbs can up you, for the CEO. We can, can hear you. you. See me? We can see you. Yeah, we can yeah. hear you. We I always got to do the show. mic check, man. I always got to do the mic check. How are you guys doing tonight? Great show so far. Good. It's been an awesome show, but it's even more awesome now that you're here. Man, I try, man. I try. So here's the deal. I'm not going to keep you guys too long. You got an amazing show happening. Uh, it's Tuesday night. Got to make sure my kids ain't getting up out of bed. I'm a little <laughs> bit late, but it's all for the good. So just a little small recap. As everybody knows, the FWC is off this week. There are no matches. Nothing's going on because we had an amazing pay-per-view last Saturday. So just a couple highlights. Luke Justice retained the FWC Heavyweight Championship against Sick, and now it will be a triple threat match at FWC Survivor Series. Luke Justice defending his championship against none other than Marcus Mayhem and Moby Lee. Ought to be a great match. Also, I have to congratulate our brand new FWC Hardcore Champion, none other than NFG's very own Remy Ricks. Uh, lots of other great matches at FWC uh, Extreme Rules, but as I said, we're on break this week. Not a lot going on. I like to take a chill pill sometimes because as a booker for over 50 active members, it gets a little bit testing. So those are the highlights. That's what happened this week. And apparently there's something else going on that I need to talk about. Before you go, I I received an email um, that I had to – I need to figure out how to get this posted. So – uh, give me one, give me one second here. And as going- getting this here, we had an opportunity to talk about this as you bring it up here. Definitely something a little bit confusing. Um, I didn't get anything of it. Maybe you can shed a little bit of light here, CEO. I don't know. Um, I, I, I've gotten that email too, but it went to my spam folder. I'll be honest with you guys with Bray Wyatt coming back last Saturday, there's going to be a lot of copycats happening here. And obviously, if you can see the ghosts in my background, in which you can see the whole room, it's going to be a little bit spooky this month. So we're going to get crap like that. We're going to get spam emails. We're going to get people throwing us crazy-ass promos because of the holidays. So I'm not really paying a lot of attention to it, but in case we'll figure hard, it out, I guess. In, in case it's hard to read, it says, when you look in the mirror, what do you think is staring back? What Do you, do you have any idea of what that could be? Any, any, any possible idea of what that could be? Other than my reflection, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of looking in the screen right here. I can see myself. But I have a, I have no idea. Like I said, I've been off this week. I haven't even checked my own darn emails, okay? Like I said, that shit went to my spam folder. But <laughs> at the exact same time, the CEO will be on the ball starting next week. We will return to matches. Awesome, awesome, Dewan. It's gr- always great to see you. You always bring great insight um, to the from for the FWBC. Are you? Do you guys have a podcast this week? Or are you? Are you off completely this week? There will be a recap show, I believe. Sister Haas will be in charge of that this upcoming Thursday at seven thirty, going deeper and more into uh, what happened at FWC Extreme Rules. And total side note: shout out to the cards, man. Uh, tough loss, but damn good show from Albert Pujols, Mister Nervous, Mister Seven Hundred Plus. I mean, I got to give credit where credit's due, man. And, you and guys I, are extremely kick-ass. And, and I know you're a big, I know you're a Chiefs fan, so I know you're loving, you're loving the Patrick Mahomes. And and this and, is why I'm sleeping now. I was not supposed to stay up and watch that. I was up till midnight, and I wake up at five thirty. So, but a hell of a way to stay up and watch a game. It was great. But can we talk about something football related? These pass or these uh, roughing the passer penalties, the one that Brady got, and the one that uh, Derek Carr got. Man, uh-huh. man, man. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of people give crap 
to guys like us who love professional wrestling. But we've been fan. I've been a fan for over 20 years. I know you guys have been fans, Logan and mine. But there is always an element of professional wrestling everywhere you go. Did you not hear 78,000 people chanting, Refute suck, refute suck, audibly on television? That is wrestling in its purest form. Okay? That is wrestling energy. You know what I'm saying? They they, they say BDE. No, that's WDE. Like wrestling D energy. Like, like that's where it comes from. When we're pissed off about something, when we know something ain't right, doggone it, we're going to say something about it straight up. I, I just, and I was I, proud that Casey showed up last night. I mean, I just, I just, I seen both of, I seen replays of both of those. I'm like, that's not roughing the, that was like Passer. a normal, normal <laughs> tackle. I mean, what do you want him to pick him up and lay him down like a little baby? I mean, I, I get, I don't know, I don't know. I, I understand they're probably taking it because of the whole Tua situation, you mm-hmm. know. But I think we may have. But what veered... would you expect less? You wouldn't. I, I wouldn't expect anything less to happen last night. It was a great game. We've we've we veered too far to the one way. We need to kind of come back a little right. bit back to the middle. I know we went from one way to another way, but anyway. But Dewan is always always a pleasure for you to be on the Wrestle Talk podcast, and we hope to see you again next week. And uh, rock on. Stay safe and uh, stay out of trouble. Yeah. One last thing. Shout out to Troy Aikman. Another wrestling deal. Shout out to Troy Aikman for not putting over Patrick Mahomes for beating his touchdown record. There was no sell at all. Joe <laughs> Buck, North Oregon, Troy Aikman sell that achievement. So, again, more elements of wrestling. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, brother. Have a good right, one. Talk to you soon. Gentlemen. The CEO joining us and had a little bit of his own commentary here, but that's what makes the Russell Talk podcast the Russell Talk podcast. And you know something, Chris? We got a lot more still to come here. We got a couple more questions. And before we get too much farther along, we want to go ahead and bring back our broadcast colleagues. Uh, many know him as uh, Justin Wade's joined us once again, and along with Drew Chandler, known as uh, Referee Pinky, Hype Man Pinky. We'll just call him Drew for right now. Now, gentlemen, we've got a couple more questions to come up here. And, and Chris, I know you've got the Tumblr going here. Let's go ahead and throw another one up here. we got a couple more questions here. we still got plenty of time to talk wrestling here tonight. Let's go ahead and throw another one up here. The Good Brothers returned Monday Night Raw. Are you excited about the feud with the OC and the Judgment Day? I'm going to start this off with you, Chris. You were the one that brought this up in the meeting. Are you excited about this potential feud? I mean, I've never really been a big Gallows and Anderson fan. I don't know why. I just I, I just don't. I, I, it's just not my thing. I mean, there's been 14,000... Um, uh, variations of the Bullet Club. So, I mean, I believe everybody that's been in wrestling has been in the Bullet Club. But, I mean, I think it'll be a good match. I mean, it'll be a good way to get everyone on TV. It was a good way for them to debut, re-debut them with uh, the Finn and the AJ interaction. So, that's my feeling on it. All right, Justin, we'll send it over to you. What are your thoughts about the Good Brothers returning to the WWE? What I like about this, uh, the Good Brothers returning to the WWE, is that uh, is there going to be a potential partnership with New Japan Pro Wrestling and the WWE with those two coming aboard? Because if I'm mistaken, isn't Anderson holding uh, the never uh, the never open the, belt, ti- the never, never open title that he didn't he just recently just win that I believe and, yeah, and uh, I believe I believe I believe he's got a match scheduled with uh, 
Hickle, I'm sorry, I'm not very good with the names over in New Japan. Tell you what, I'm going to go ahead and do a little bit of research on that, and I'm going to go ahead and throw it back to you, Justin, with your thoughts. Yeah, like I said, I think maybe there might be a partnership brewing. Who knows? Uh, That'd be nice between New Japan and the WWE, but uh, I think it's good. Um, I'm a little worried. Uh, I like the Judgment Day crew. I like that uh, faction, but I'm a little worried with uh, Dominic in there. Uh, He's not, I don't know, compared with... uh, with Damian Priest and Finn Balor, it's kind of uh, uh, all three are not, you know one is not like the other with Dominic in there. You know I know they wanted him to be feuding with uh, his father, but I think they could have gone another way about it. I don't know he just doesn't fit in the uh, Judgment Day crew with me. Uh, I like Rhea Ripley. I get big time vibes of China when she's with that crew, and uh, yeah, I just think Dominic's not a good fit for that crew, but. Uh, Seeing uh, the uh, the Good Brothers back in the WWE, I like them when they pair them with AJ. But uh, like you know, Chris's point of view, uh, he, he's not a big fan of the Good Brothers. But uh, I think they'll do. You know, they're gonna they're gonna, they're there to uh, take names, make money. So that is true. We're gonna go around the horn, so to speak. Here, Drew, the OC, the Good Brothers, whatever you call them, you gotta call them part of the WWE. What are your thoughts about this whole situation? Yeah, um, I have always been a pretty big fan of Gallows and Anderson. Um, I've always appreciated, you know, the fact that they get in there and they get the job done. Um, I think in every role that they've had, uh, even back in the day when Gallows was with, with uh, Jesse and Festus, you know, um, I've, I've always been, a, a, especially a Luke Gallows fan, um, and again, my type of wrestling, like the type of wrestling that I like to see is just big old dudes beating the piss out of each other. That's what I like to watch. And obviously with <clears throat> with Luke Gallows, excuse me, he's a big dude. He's got size. He looks like a wrestler. He's believable. Um, and Machine Gun Carl Anderson, I, I love him. And I think he's a, he's a, obviously a great fit with, uh, with wrestling today. Um, and I do like Judgment Day. Um, I know that that might not be the popular... Uh, from what I read online, a lot of people see a lot of issues or qualms with Judgment Day, um, and obviously the the uh, the issues with Edge early on, and then Edge being out of there and bringing in Finn. They, it it kind of had some rocky moments. I will say that. Um, just kind of, it seemed for a bit that there was not really a lot of direction with New Day, or with uh, Judgment Day. I'm sorry. Um, and so, the I think Judgment Day in especially Rhea and Dominic opportunities to kind of step it up a little bit and kind of see um, if they can hang and kind of see what they can do. I know Rhea has done, Rhea has been on WrestleMania. Obviously she's, she's been to the dance. She knows, she knows what to do, but this almost gives her another element of what can she do in a more dark, mysterious, and in some ways almost managerial type of role, kind of being the mouthpiece and getting more mic time uh, and stuff like that. And so, um, and Dominic, I thought, you know, for the longest time, I thought Dominic was just so bland and boring. Um, and Dominic didn't do a whole lot for me personally. Um, but now that he's in this role, I think he really stepped it up last night. When he was when he was cutting the promo, I think, uh, and when he was interacting with, his, with, with Ray and, you know, trying to get Ray to hit him, I thought it was well done. I think Dominic is becoming more comfortable with this role um, than maybe ever since we've seen him in WWE. Um, and I think there's lots of opportunity for him to grow here. 
uh, obviously being in there with with Finn and Damian, they're you know incredible wrestlers. They're both very talented and obviously can can cut good promos. Um, and so I think him being in that group does a lot of good for Dominic. Um, and I think it's just up it's just up from here, you know, for Dominic. And I, I hope it's not just a fast thing. I hope this isn't just a uh, a quick thing for Dominic before they turn him back babyface or something. I hope he stays in this role for a while, and I hope he's really able to grow and develop as a heel. Because so far, I've liked him way more as a heel than as a babyface. Um, and so I, I think there's lots of good opportunity here for Judgment Day and for the OC. Um, and obviously, I know, Luke, you have some thoughts, but I think with, you know, obviously they might go some route where it's OC versus Damian, uh, Dominic, and, and Finn. And this gives uh, – Dominic, a great opportunity to be in there with Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and AJ Styles, who have obviously, <laughs> obviously all fantastic competitors. So I think it's only good things for, for Judgment Day and OC. Well, I can tell you right now, I agree in the idea of where the OC and, and, and I know people kind of, kind of, kind of mock them because it seems like everybody's been a part of the Bullet Club. But one thing you to look at and going back into a, into a side note here, Carl Anderson defeating Tama Tonga to win that championship. And I know I'm going to get some flack for this one defeated the ace Hiroshi Tanahashi in his first defense of the championship. I know I'm going to get some flack for that one. Chris, you know where I'm talking about. Uh, what you're talking about. You don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't talk bad about Tanahashi around yeah, here. Yeah, We don't talk that, that. That's a, that's a bad thing for me, but you know, I want to throw a little bit of a side spin in on this and I just want your opinion. It's not going to be a <coughs> discussion. I just want to throw it out there. Survivor series or rumble. Ripley versus Phoenix. When does it happen? Chris. I think, I mean, we're kind of far away from it, so I don't know if it's going to last. I don't know if the feud's going to last. I feel we're going to get a, uh, a some kind of a Ripley with one of the members of the Judgment Day versus Edge and Beth. But, I mean, I could see I, I could see, I could see it happen at Royal Rumble. I mean, why not? What do you think? Charter I think series? Royal I think Rumble would be the, the perfect time because, you know, she took a concerto at a, at a pay-per-view. Uh, so if, you know, unless it worries me, though, that they're going to fast track it because people don't have patience anymore to sit and let a storyline build. They want things done and fast. So, I you know, I'm hoping it's at the Rumble. They, they kind of play the, the injury out from the concerto she took on Saturday. But, uh yeah, I'd like to see it at the Rumble, but I'm worried they're going to track, fast track it and have it at uh, to the those series. Drew, I would see that happening at Survivor Series, or maybe I don't know if WWE is doing the TLC pay per view this year. Uh, I know that historically they they've done it in December, I think, or at the end of you know mid December, I think. I don't remember if they did it last year or not, to be honest, but um, I know that it's kind of been a end of the year thing, um, and obviously with the chair aspect of it i could see them maybe going a tlc route oh yeah um, and having edge and beth versus you know finn and Rhea or damian and Rhea. um i just don't know how they make it last all the way through royal rumble um because they've already been feuding for quite some time um and i can just from what i'm seeing online um and in discord a lot of people are kind of over it um, and so trying to find ways to keep it fresh and new, obviously adding Beth to it was a way to kind of help it become more new, adding Dominic to the fray and the bit with Ray, um, obviously added a new aspect to it as well. So they've, they've continued to find ways to make this more fresh. 
So who knows? Maybe they could find more ways to do that all the way through Royal Rumble. But um, I, I think TLC, if they're doing that this year, is kind of where we see the payoff, and I think they'll do the. I think I think I was kind of looking it up. I believe TLC was replaced by the Day One pay per view this year. Okay. Um, Maybe even on Day One. I mean. I, I, I with with that piece of information, I almost want to say, and I don't want to be the bad guy here. I think it's it, it's sad to say, but I think I'm going to agree with Justin here in the idea. I hope they can make it go to a day one or a TLC or to the Rumble, but I just have this funny feeling it's going to get fast tracked to Survivor Series. I, I I don't want it to because I think Beth. I mean, she's a Hall of Famer, and putting her and Rhea Ripley in the ring together, whether it's a singles match, tag match, whatever, is going to give even more credibility to Rhea Ripley. Not that she doesn't already need it, because she's already kind of made her name in in professional wrestling. I think it's one of those where I think it just gives more credibility. Now, here's what's up, gentlemen. We've got about, and you know, the Wrestle Talk podcast. We're supposed to be seven to nine, but we all know that that, that nine o'clock window doesn't always happen. But tell you what, we're going to do. We got one more question. No, 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 no. I'm changing oh. the script here, Rodell. Oh, okay. I'm going on the soapbox tonight because I know there's a lot of people who've been of watching so the Wrestle Talk podcast for an hour and 53 minutes, and they want to know a little bit more about our guests. So here's what I'm going to do. Mr. Pinky, Mr. Drew Chandler, for those that don't know who you are, I know I've seen you a lot on the on the chat. We put your uh, put your messages up here pretty regularly. For those that don't know a lot about you, can you take about a minute, minute and a half to explain your background in the world of professional wrestling? Sure thing. Uh, I've always, always loved professional wrestling. Um, I can remember just being a little kid, um, sitting, you know, with my dad, watching WCW Nitro and Thunder uh, back in the mid to late 90s. Um, I would always have the long shirt that reached all the way down to my ultimate, all the way down to my knees. I'd have a bowl of cereal uh, in my lap and I would just, we would just watch wrestling. Um, We had a, uh, like, we had a, a little VHS tape of all, it's like the best of Goldberg matches or so, something along those lines. Um, and we, we would watch that tape just on repeat all the time. And we would watch Goldberg and Goldberg was like our family's favorite wrestler back in the day. Um, and so just loved it. I, I kept up with it all the way growing up, all the way through the 2000s. Um, I kind of fell off a little bit in like 2013, 2014, because I went to college and everything was just busy and stressful. Um, but then I got right back into it. Um, and actually I think it was right before the WrestleMania that, uh, Brock Lesnar had ended the undertaker streak was when I kind of got back into it. Um, and, uh, in about 2016, when I graduated from college, I was in the Kansas city area and they had a, uh, I had just been thinking of different things that I could do within the business. Like I knew I wanted to be in the business. I knew ever since I was little that I wanted to be in the business. Um, so I was just Googling professional wrestling schools or training seminars and stuff like that in the area. And I found extreme wrestling center in Raytown, Missouri. So I called them up. I had a tryout, uh, passed the tryout. And, uh, I was just doing manager training at that time. Um, when you train as a manager, really you're training as a wrestler because you need to know how to take all the bumps. You need to know how to, how ring psychology works and stuff like that. So I was training as a wrestler. Um, even had a handful of matches early on, maybe like four or five matches, did a handful of battle Royals too. Um, but then in the summer of 2017, there was a promoter in Kansas named Flex Reed. And he asked me if I would come and 
referee his show and I hadn't ever been a referee before. So I was like, okay, you know, whatever. Uh, I had to borrow somebody else's referee shirt and this man wore a size four X. So I was swallowed up in that thing. <laughs> um, and so I'm uh, just a little 140 pound guy. It wasn't so, my shirt. It was, it was not, not me. It was not big sexy's shirt. Um, but so I did that, and my the very first match I ever ref was an eight-man tag for with eight dudes who I've never even met before. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing, and I caught a lot of heat after that match. God, that's um, an, that's an I, I okay. I, I've been a re, I, I started as a referee, and I've and Luke has been a referee. An eight-man tag that you don't send people out there in an eight you don't send a you don't send a first-time referee out there in an eight-man tag. It's hard enough to do a singles match as your first match, but I mean I eight eight man. I mean Luke, don't you 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 have to agree with that, right? Yes, I absolutely agree. I should yeah. Oh sorry, Luke, you're talking to Luke. Oh no, no, no. Go ahead and continue, Drew, because I got I got something I want to say here, but I want to wait until you get your 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 statement made here. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I, I did that and really just kind of loved the aspect of being in the ring and being a part of the show in, in that way. Um, and since then, I've had multiple opportunities to, to referee on some really cool shows. Um, I did several shows with MLW, with Major League Wrestling, and uh, did several events with them. I did several events with, uh, with Control Your Narrative um, and been, been a part of some of those shows. I've been booked semi-regularly with Ohio Valley Wrestling. Um, and I've been done some stuff with Wrestling Revolver. I did some Wrestle Pro Alaska stuff. I got to go to Alaska and referee. I ref this is one of the highlights of my entire life. I got to referee Gangrel versus Joey Janela in a Harley Davidson storefront in Alaska. Who can say <laughs> that? Who can say that? That's awesome. Wow. That's amazing. That's um, awesome, and did some really cool stuff with, with them. And uh, I've Rep the match for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship in the beginning of 2021 in I Omaha. Luke, Luke, Luke is probably, I think, believe Luke has roughed the NWA World Title match. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. And I think to this day, that's the probably the highlight of my wrestling journey is refing a match for the NWA. So, so here, here's how I said whenever they're like, okay, here's the referee assignments. Your first match ever is going to be an eight man tag. Go! Go! <laughs> 100%. And so, <laughs> Or maybe this. Fuck you, bullshit! <laughs> Fuck you, bullshit! Okay, now that, now that we've got everything taken care of here with Drew and his journeys throughout the world of professional wrestling as a official and, and being a part of a lot of different promotions throughout the United States, uh, Justin, we're going to go ahead and throw things to you. I know a lot of people okay. here in the St. Louis area are familiar with you, but for those that don't know about you, what uh, can you give us a little bit about your career and what you bring to the Wrestle Talk podcast? Well, I do have some knowledge. Uh, I have, uh, I believe, a good amount of knowledge in the pro wrestling industry uh, from uh, from tonight's show. I had a lot of fun tonight. Um, I'm working on uh, getting my connections built here in the Pacific Northwest, here being in Seattle. I'm actually uh, working on going to a there is the Seattle Farmers Market. Every month they have a lucha show, and they have the Seattle Farmers Market out of a uh, airplane hangar. It's humongous. And then you know we, we also have uh, uh, Defy Wrestling out of Seattle here. And um, but uh, when it comes down to my uh, experience, uh, Luke, you know you remember me back <laughs> in 2000 and. 
2004, uh, we met in uh, June of 2004 after my first year of college. And I saw in the local newspaper uh, wrestling training school article on uh, Mid-America uh, Extreme Pro Wrestling, Max Pro Wrestling. That's where uh, you and me, met, uh, Luke, met. And uh, from there, uh, you trained me with uh, the technical standpoint, you know, and the uh, ring general standpoint. And uh, Harsh, Eric Booten, uh, who's known in the area, uh, he trained me to, uh, to do the big man stuff. So you two uh, training me, the two powers combined. I uh, attempted to do the best I could for the fans out in the ring for about, you know, 10 years on and off. I uh, won a handful of secondary titles and uh, made a lot of friends along the way. And uh, with this opportunity you guys have given me, I'm hoping to be back on the inside, not on the outside. Well, well Justin, I'm going to share this. And, Drew, I know you've never heard this story, but several years ago, are you going to share the opportunity to be on an event, and we went, and Justin had a great matchup. I had a great time being a referee. Chris was the announcer. We all traveled together, and it was in a little town called Waynesville, Illinois. <laughs> and to give you an idea, when you have to go and they tell you to turn at the silo and be prepared for the parade, we didn't know that the parade was going to be about three-quarters of a block after you made the turn. And we almost ran right through the parade in order to be able to get to the event. That was our first problem. Then we turned around, and after the show, I mean, the promoter was great, had no problems with the promoter, paid us that, all was paid what was there. We drove about 20 miles. And Drew, I don't know if you've been, made a lot of journeys in Illinois, but we stopped in Lincoln, Illinois, at a Cracker Barrel. And you, you can take a look at myself and Justin Wade, and, well, that's down. and you can say right now, we don't miss too many meals. And the, pro the problem the problem with that is there's nothing in town. There's nothing in Waynesville to eat. So we were starving after the show. So, And I will tell um, you right now, with the three of us, not only our pay, the three of us almost consumed $100 worth of food at Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and by the time we got back to our area here in the greater St. Louis, Alton, Riverbend area, we were hungry again. We almost had to stop for more food afterward. <laughs> but like I said, guys, this is what makes the Wrestle Talk podcast so unique is the idea. You get people from all across the world, all I, across I wanna, the country, and we got Chris Rodell wanting to add more comments. I want to talk about Waynesville for a second. It's a great little town. But um, in between, this was a, like a show where there was a first part and then a second part. It was like Waynesville days or whatever it was. And we were sitting at the we were sitting at the bar having a soda, um, and we're like, "So what happens if there's a fight in the bar?" It's like, oh, well, we call we call count we, we call the sheriffs, but it's fifty fifty whether they show up or not." So, I thought Luke was I thought Luke was going to fall off his chair. <laughs> you don't you don't ask at that point. We just want to and, and the locker and the locker room was a the smallest. I, you, you remember this, Justin, the smallest, oh, yeah. like, it was the yard tent for the a, a VFW. It's usually like a tarp in the corner of a, of a room that mm -hmm. uh, separated us from the rest of the uh, the, the crowd yeah, in the ring. It was out, It was an outdoor show. It was a VFW or an American mm -hmm. Legion Hall, and we had the blue tarp. The finest up, establishments and, in wrestling. And, and the only little building we had to ch that they had to change in was a shed that fit Two people probably at a time. It was the, it basically to give you an idea. It's like the smallest from one of those big box companies that you can buy for about two thousand dollars. 
that, like Chris said, would fit maybe four people if you're lucky. And it was full of equipment. Yeah, and we and we made do. We just kind of did what we needed to do. But I mean, I I'm sure I'm sure there's I'm sure there's worse locker. I'm sure Drew's probably changed in some pretty small locker rooms himself. Yes, I did do a show, and I won't say any names. I did a show up in South Dakota. Um, a it was it was booked by a pretty uh, prominent person in the wrestling business in our locker room. And the middle of December was outside. Oh, oh. Man, just coming in and thinking of those wrestlers that have to take the chops on cold skin. Yep. Oh. Hey, Chris, I remember this is going to be. Oh, like Chris, don't rub yourself like that. Gonna, <laughs> you, like, you, you liked it. So, well, when Chris and I first made our, our, our first forays into the world of professional wrestling and in ring competition. There was a building called Occasions Banquet Center. We had sorry, to put, we had, party place. I want to make we, sure we had, to put, we had to put Mabel in the boiler room because we he didn't have room to change. The locker room was a hallway, but you had to go down two flights of stairs to get to the locker room. Man, and I mean, it was one of those. Literally, we had to fit a locker room of about twenty-five to thirty people in a hallway that was maybe designed for about five. And like I said, we had a lot of people. And again, just to give you some of the ideas of some of the names that were in at that time, you had people like Mabel, The Beast, Dynamite Derek Stone, Ace Steel, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce, uh, Adrian Lynch. I mean, there were so many well-known people in the world of professional wrestling, and they're all in this particular locker room. It's just the culture of pro wrestling, though. That's how it goes, man. That is makes awesome. memories. Makes wouldn't memories it, for us. Wouldn't it be awesome just to have like a road stories podcast? You know, just like the weirdest locker rooms you've changed in the the <laughs> the, the weirdest places you've had to go. I mean, the I weirdest experiences you've had in the wrestling industry. And I know I've shared this story one time. I mean, again, I primarily spent a lot of my career as an announcer, as a referee, as the media representative. One of them, I have to say, one of my crowning achievements is I got stopped with my wife in the middle of my local Walmart to sign an autograph. Yes. It wasn't show day. It was in the middle of the week. We were grocery shopping. I'm having to sign autographs. I don't ask. It's one of those things that just kind of happens with the wrestling. I'm sorry, Luke. I paid somebody to come up to you to get you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of which, now that Justin's admitted to this, um, we're going to go ahead and, and now since we have drew and justin here and chris you actually get the opportunity to kind of take a night off on this we're going to take part in what's called the world famous wrestle talk podcast game show challenge it's an opportunity where you two gentlemen are going to get an opportunity to compete on a predetermined wrestling topic that chris chose about 45 seconds ago (laughs) i had nothing to do with this (laughs) we talked about this earlier today gentlemen it's going to be a topic that you both don't know anything about until we announce it. So, Chris, okay. if you'd be so kind, go ahead and hit that music for tonight's episode of the Channel Famous. Let's go. Challenge. Good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's installment of the world-famous Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. Our competitors are Drew Chandler and Justin Wade. In a few moments, gentlemen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you information about three famous professional wrestlers connected to a particular wrestling topic. 
When you think you know the answer, you shout out your answer. The first one to win two out of three falls wins tonight's contest. What's the prize? There's a prize? Prize. <laughs> now, gentlemen, you both consider yourself to be very knowledgeable in the world of professional wrestling. Tonight's Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge is simply titled NWA World Champions. I'm going to give you information about three people who have held the National Wrestling Alliance World Heavyweight title. When you think you know the answer, shout it out. First one to get two out of three will be tonight's winner. Drew, do you understand everything that's going on? I do. Justin, do you understand the rules going on? Potato salad. All right, here we go. Question number one. This individual was one of the greatest wrestlers of the 1980s. His matches with Ric Flair were legendary. But he only held the NWA world title on one occasion. Ricky Steamboat. Defeating the great Muda at Super Bowl three before ultimately losing the title back to the nature boy, Ric Flair. Barry Wyndham. That is correct. Justin's on the board. One fall to nothing. Barry Wyndham is the correct answer. And just, and just and yes, and just to clarify, you can shout out more than one name if you, if if Luke doesn't stop and says or if he says no, you can shout out more than one name. You don't get just one chance. I wasn't thinking of Barry Windham, so I would neither, neither was I. I was a champion. I was thinking I was thinking Ricky Steamboat too on that one. That was that was during that the transition nice back. That was when NWA was losing uh, the the uh, the sponsorship to WCW, so that he was a forgotten champion. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, it's time for question number two. This individual is a former five-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion, having won his last championship in Kansas City. Presently, you can find him at the WWE Performance Center and on WWE television as a court figure. And with that, Drew Chandler ties it up. One fall apiece, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce is correct. Good job. Now, Great human, by the way. I love Adam Pierce. Fantastic individual. He's a good man. I only, met him, once. I only met him once or twice. I've point, only met him once. Very kind man. At this point, it's now time for the third and deciding fall. This one is going to be a little more of a challenge. This man is a former two-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion. He has also held championship gold in Impact Wrestling. His spouse... Repeat that, Drew. Jeff Jarrett? No. This person's spouse is currently in Impact Wrestling and has stated that if they lose another match... Nick Aldis? Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's winner of the WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge by a score of two falls to one is Justin Wade. Now, Justin, I know you're not initially familiar to this, but the winner always gets a little bit of uh, celebration music. So, Chris, if you do so kind. Stay there, and they say yeah, and they say 
right. Ladies and gentlemen, that was this week's installment of the World Famous WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Uh, gentlemen, I got to tell you, it's been a great night here on the program. We had Will all day. We've had Drew Chandler and Justin Wade join us here on the program. Before we get too much farther I was along say, here. I, I want to say, Drew, you got any shows coming up that, that people can check you out? Uh, yeah. Check you out at? Now, listen, I'm a little bitter because when I wrapped a match for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship, Nick Aldis was the champion. So I feel uh, a little bit bitter, and I'm going to hold that resentment against Justin for the rest of the time that I am on this earth. Anyways. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Mostly I have women that resent me, but it's okay when uh, I have a man resent <laughs> um, As far as shows I have coming up, um, I don't have anything this coming weekend, but you can find me on October 22nd at XWE. Presents Haunted Havoc in Salina, Kansas. Uh, I'll be wrapping on that show. We have four big uh, cage matches, one of which is going to be uh, going to be uh, war game style. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and it'll be XWE's last big event of the year. Um, following that, I am on a show, a lucha show, which is very fun. I've only been able to be on a handful of those, so I get to be on one. Uh, October 29th, I will be in Kansas City, and the following week, I will be with uh, actually, with the Night Owl at a United Underground Championship in uh, Wichita, Kansas. I'm yeah, I'm sure I'll uh, I'll regret mentioning that at some point in my life. But uh, that's what I've got coming up the next three weeks, and uh, things are looking up. I'm going to be back with Ohio Valley Wrestling at the beginning of the year in 2023. Um, still waiting to hear about some more Control Your Narrative stuff. Um, I don't necessarily know what's going on with that but hopefully they're uh going to be able to put on some more shows and uh hopefully i'll get to be a part of those i do have also this is really cool i got to do extra work one time for wwe and i get to do that again coming up uh, next monday in oklahoma city so keep your eyes peeled you may see me on the screen last time they didn't have anything for me so you may not but uh, it's always fun to be a part of that and to be around experience man and see how it's right. See how it absorb, is. absorb the absorb the yeah, knowledge. Yeah. Uh, I know you do a lot of work in Kansas City, and I just want to ask this one quick question: Who's sure. someone to look for? Who who's someone to look um, look out for in the Kansas City area? Who, there are so for? many. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I I am flabbergasted uh, because I don't understand how a lot of them haven't gotten the chance to be on AEW Dark or gotten the chance to be you know with WWE doing more extra work. There's a guy that everybody needs to look up. Uh, he has some stuff on YouTube, and he has a Facebook account. He's Calvin Aldridge. Uh, I think he's been on this show before. Um, he is somebody who I, I've i known him since his first day in the business. I was there the first time he walked in the doors of XWC for his tryout. And he has been putting in the work in the ring, in the gym, <coughs> um, making good connections, um, and networking, and getting in the car, and going with people to shows all over the place. Uh, Calvin Aldridge is somebody who you're probably going to be uh, hearing a lot about in 2023. So I I've, would I've, I've heard that. I've heard that. I've heard that name a lot recently. I, get I, on board I, with I, him because he is the man. He absolutely understands wrestling and uh, has, is very knowledgeable about the sport. Um, and he, he's the, he's got the whole world in his hands. He can, yeah. he can do whatever he wants. You know, uh, he's, he's going to go far. So keep an eye out for him. Well, ladies and gentlemen, at this point, before we go ahead and wrap things up, I want to go ahead and send a very special thank you. I know the Night Owl would be wanting to send one as well to Drew Chandler, Justin Wade. Again, two longtime friends thank of the you. program. 
Drew, we're going to make it a point. We got to get in contact with you sooner. I mean, again, we, we don't know how many people actually watched Thunder back in the day, but acknowledging that was a good thing. We want to thank you for coming on the program. We're going to let you get back to the snow-capped mountains and the bustling metropolis that is Topeka, Kansas. I'm still trying to figure out how there's snow-capped mountains in Topeka, Kansas. Don't ask, Chris. You'll learn soon enough. And also, we want to thank Justin Wade for joining us on the program and joining the Wrestle Talk podcast team. Justin, we're going to let you go to the potentially snow-capped mountains out there in Seattle. Look forward to seeing you here they're next probably, week. They're, the probably, they're probably more flooded than anything with rain. No, 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 no flooding. But we do got some uh, forest fires uh, west of us that we get smoke every, uh, a bunch, a couple times a week. So, oh, that's awful. Oh, oh, all right. Well, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, Drew Chandler, Justin Wade, thank you for joining us. Look forward to having you again on the program real soon. Once again, they joined us for High Spots. They were here all night long. Like I said, we're going to go ahead and let them go. Also, while we're at it, let's go ahead and throw up those sponsors here tonight. Without the sponsors, the Wrestle Talk podcast does not flow as fluently as it does each and every week. We got Royal Mills Transportation. You saw the CEO, Dewan Mills, here on the program Earlier tonight, you have Wrath Bun Engraving. You can pick up one of those Russell Talk podcast mugs for $20. If you want to buy one, make it a point to send us a message on the uh, social media. Noble Men's Barber Lounge, Kansas City. King Kate Arcade at the Oak Park Mall. Interstate 70 Sports Media. Little Popeye Designs. They're the ones behind those great Russell Talk podcast tumblers. And, of course, the FWWC, the world's premier fantasy wrestling group. All those great sponsors of the Russell Talk podcast. And, of course, our great viewers who've been staying tuned in all night long. We've seen some new faces here tonight. We've seen some old friends here tonight. I got to tell you, top to bottom, a great show. And like I said, next week, we're going to have more guests. We got a lot of guests scheduled. We've got Russell Madness 4 looming on the horizon. We got a lot of great things here to come. And again, as a reminder, if you want to check out more about the Russell Talk Podcast, WrestleTalkPodcast.com, hashtag Let's Talk Wrestling. You can catch us here every Tuesday night, 7 and 9, right here on social media as well as WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Chris, any final thoughts tonight? No, it's been a great show. Um, Will All Day looks posed to be break a breakout star in, in this business. Um, we had a lot of we, we got to a lot of good topics, you know, talked to, talked a little bit of backstage stuff. But you know what? We always have fun at the WrestleTalk Podcast, WrestleTalkPodcast.com. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, at Wrestle Talk Podcast, and same on same on Facebook. And always use that hashtag. Let's talk wrestling. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap us up for this week. For Luke Roberts, I'm Chris Rodell. I'm Chris Rodell. Sorry, sorry, I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to say it, but that's okay. All right. Well, once again, we're going to try this one more time to make sure we get it right. For Luke Roberts, I'm Chris Rodell. We'll see you next week right here on the Wrestle Talk Podcast. Take care, and we'll see you next Tuesday night.